LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Trying to run from next door. So, so when you had to only run about five seconds, I'm winded already. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Anyway, I trust you are well, and uh, and life is good, and uh, and things are nice, and I'm feeling in a particularly good mood. I was uh, talked to by the police this morning. Not to make a big deal about it. Big trouble, big trouble. Because I'm I'm my own worst enemy. I'll have to tell you who it is later because I know it's a lady who's going to be listening. Actually, the uh, Nadine and her, her partner could be listening now. As they're, as they're driving around Twickenham. I get names of people, you know, I think it's necessary in this business. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you the story just after five, because it was, I like to play game. I mean, it's not, it's not very helpful, is it, to play a game? But you know when you're standing there by the side of the street, waiting for the car, and there's nobody? You know, me and a couple of pigeons and a fox, probably, and that's about it. And a police van goes past you, very, and they look at you as they go past, and you think... Oh, God. <laughs> they, they think I'm up to, up to no good. So what I th- I tend to do is I tend to sort of start looking a bit furtive. And it was, didn't help in this particular instance. But anyway, I'll, I'll tell you about it a bit later on. But anyway, Nadine, there we go. It was uh, it was very nice. She's ended up with some LBC mugs. Which was very, the producer really gutted on that one. Really gutted. What do you mean LBC mugs? Where Where's my LBC mug? I thought I'm looking at it now. And, uh, and anyway, so it's pictures of... Um, Sally Burko in the paper today. What a ridiculous creature she is. What a ridiculous, silly little show-off. And she goes to the Attitude Awards. I mean, who in God's name invites her to the Attitude What's she got to do with that? What has she got to do with that? She's not up for an award. She's not do- I mean, she's just a waste of space. You know, what a, what a bad recommendation for the Attitude Awards. Some drunken old bird in the back of the car flashing her legs like some old tramp. You know, what embarrassment to the children, what embarrassment to poor old John Burko, who must be wringing his hands, thinking, she's so desperate for attention. She's so desperate to be seen somewhere, to be somebody. And yet she contributes nothing. Nothing, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, uk. They're all in the papers today. Pensioners and, uh, who's this one? Oh, uh, this is Strictly Shock. Oh, and Get Your Brolly Rep. My God, it tipped it down yesterday. Didn't it tip it down? It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, when it sort of, it tipped it, after, I took my umbrella out and I went out there and I thought, um, I wonder if it's going to rain really badly. And, you know, blow me down. It blooming well did. It, uh, it did. I didn't see Scylla last night. I know Katie Melua sang and I know Paul O'Grady was on there. And I think Amanda Holden. Do you know, I, I said yesterday, it's amazing, actually. We get, we get these uh, things booked in as quickly as possible for our fantastic showbiz department. And, and I said, I want to talk to Amanda Holden because she's got an autobiography out. And then I'm upstairs yesterday doing Daniel Radcliffe, uh, who arrived in early, 8.20. He was at the Attitude Awards. You didn't see any pictures of him falling drunk out of a taxi because he's a, he's a proper person. Not like the attention-seeking drip that is Sally Burko, I'm afraid. Burke by name, Burke by nature. And so he was in, and then they said to me on the showbiz desk, they said, oh, by the way, Amanda Holden's coming in next week. I think on the 20... No, the week after, the 24th, she's coming in. I said, oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So I'm looking forward to that. Who else did I want to come in? There was somebody else who's got another autobiography out, and I remember thinking, I must get them in before Christmas, because we've got some, some really good stuff for the In Conversation, some really good stuff. Uh, and, uh, and then our, our sister station, Capital... They, uh, they celebrated 40 years yesterday. So we were first, 40 years. They were the second. They came on air about a week, I think, after us. 
So uh, a lot of celebration, everybody very happy, everybody sort of, you know, I mean, I, I couldn't be in a better mood. Life does not get any better. Yesterday, because I, I, I got back home, I was back home quite early, actually, and uh, did a bit of shopping. What did I have for tea? Oh, so I, I decided yesterday to have some odd thing. Bacon, Uncle Ben's rice, and then at the last minute threw in a tin of sweet corn. I was trying to, th- it sounded healthy at the time. I looked this morning, I thought, did I really eat that yesterday? Is that okay for me? I don't know. Not too sure. But uh, either way, it's brilliant. So today's Thursday. I've got nothing to do today. Tomorrow I've got lunch with friends, which is great. And then an evening event. An evening event. It's nice to be busy. I like things like that. Saturday, I'm trying... What am I doing Saturday? I'm sure I've got something on my agenda. On Oh, that's right. I've got lunch on... I just remembered. I've got lunch on Saturday at Fat Boy's Diner with a friend of mine. And then after that, then I've got another evening. God, I just realised, actually. Then Sunday, walking the dog again. I wonder whether or not it's going to rain on Sunday. I'll, I'll have a check. But yesterday, so I, I'm, I'm sitting back on the on the train, and the only thing that you can read on the train is an old copy of the Metro that somebody has left there, stuffed down the side of the seat. And I hadn't hadn't read it properly yesterday on the programme. I just glanced through the front page, give you an idea of what's uh, what's going on. And uh, and I like to look at some of their some of their items. And so I'm looking at some gangly old, very plain looking woman in the paper, and it's uh, it's the life and style fashion. And and I and I read it, and at the end of it, I thought, "Who is she? I've got no idea." It's almost like some PR puff for some non-entity. It was like reading Sally Burko's biog or something like that, or a CV. Her name's Laura Jackson. And with a sincere apologies to anybody who knows Laura Jackson, who's listed laughingly as a TV and radio presenter. And you'll laugh when I tell you where she works. But anyway, and they 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 they, they talk about you know Kate Moss. And the Primrose Hill set. Then came Alexa Chung, Peaches and Pixie Geldof, two of the ugliest people I've ever seen in my entire life, and Daisy Lowe. And then they go, Laura Jackson is part of the new crowd. And I looked at this, I thought it was a sex change. (laughs) Seriously. I've never seen anybody look so butch and so unattractive. Apparently, she's part of the, the new crowd. Well, I've never heard of her. And I asked around the office and nobody had heard of her in here either. Known for stints presenting Big Brother's Little Brother... When? When? And also, freshly squeezed with Nick Grumshaw and Rock Edward. I don't know who these people are. Sound like working fish and chip shops. They say the presenter is quickly becoming the new darling of TV and radio and winning people over with her easy thrown-together look. Well, it certainly looks like it's thrown-together, dear, if you call wearing a skirt and a jumper a look. And then they said, a TV presenter. I thought, so I, I scoured. I scoured. Where does she work? Hoxton Radio every Tuesday for an hour, three till four. And that makes you a radio presenter, does it, darling? I was so gobsmacked, I had to cut it. I went back to the paper, I cut it out. I thought, I've got to mention it on the programme. Because it's like any old toffee now. You know, so she, that's it. She's now TV radio presenter. It's just one hour on something called Hoxton. I've never even heard of it. Never even heard of it. We had to go online to try and find out. They've got so few people on Twitter following them or even or even remotely interested that it was an embarrassment. The website is a disaster. What is it, community rate? I don't know what it is. But she's now a radio presenter. Obviously for an hour. Hugely successful, darling. Hugely successful. Uh, so anyway, if you saw Scylla last night, do tell me who was on it. Who wasn't on it? Was Dale on it? Was Dale on it? Because at one time he was part of Scylla's Mafia. There was Dale and there was Paul O'Grady... And there was Biggins. And then the last interview that Scylla did, she mentioned Biggins, and she mentioned Paul O'Grady, never mentioned Dale. And I'm thinking, why not? Something happened there I'm not aware of. Do let me know. Was he on the programme? Because she obviously had loads of people on there because she celebrated 50 years in the business. 
you know, and she's uh, she's not doing badly at all. Uh, 84850. Uh, somebody says, I don't believe that guy just says probably because she's good in bed. Well, grow up, for goodness sake. <laughs> and um, you should, that's not sexist or condescending. That's not sexist or condescending. That's just funny. That's just funny. And if, and if you seriously think, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it isn't funny, you've obviously had a, had a humour bypass. You're not Matt Goss, are you? You're not Matt Goss. I watched an interview with him, as if to prove my point, again, because I, I got um, a thing the other day, and it's from Dawn, and she said, I recorded Sunday Brunch on Channel 4 this week because I knew that Matt Goss was going to be a guest. I was interested in what he had to say after hearing you mention him quite a bit lately. You may be interested to hear he told the presenter he's going to be doing the Royal Albert Hall next year. Quite a step up from the Café de Paris. Well, that, see, the odd thing is he's already played the Royal Albert Hall. He never sold out. It was just a lot of people standing down the front to try and make it look busy. They didn't show you the emptiness of the hall because it's, it's vast. And so, obviously, they didn't want to do it this year, so he played the Café de Paris, which is small. You know, Albert Hall one minute, Café de Paris, and then back again. But somebody's put money into him. And I can't quite work out who would invest, because they... Uh, so I, I watched a little bit of the Albert Hall. Then I watched an interview he did with a radio station, which was one of those link-up-online kind of things. He's ultimately boring. He was so dull. You know, he's sort of fallen into that sort of trap where apparently saying very little means more. Not to me, it didn't. He sits there with this funny hat on his head that doesn't, that doesn't suit him. And then I suddenly remembered... I suddenly remembered that we'd had him on Five's Company. And I suddenly remembered that he came in with his own makeup artist and uh, sat there with... Uh, he had a hat on at the time. He kept this woolly hat on for the whole interview because he'd, he'd lost all his hair. Because blonde people, sadly, it's a fact, do lose their hair. It does go. If, you, if you're dark-haired, you're more likely to, to, to survive. But if, you, if you're blondish, it's going to go. So, consequently, I don't have very much hair. The producer, enough hair for three of us. You know, which I, I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not worried about things like that. It really doesn't bother me. You know, the idea of having to get up and start, you know, putting your perming rollers in and everything else like that is a bit dull. I just get up, I wash and go. And when I say wash and go, I wash it, it goes down the plug hole. It's as simple as that. You could probably rescue it and stick it back on Wayne Rooney's head and it would look quite interesting as a, as a cheap rug or a very expensive rug, depending on which, which place you've been to. So anyway, so I was, I was interested in listening to what Matt Goss had to say. I tried to find the Sunday brunch thing, but I didn't. But he's sort of, he's got that sort of, talks a little bit like that. Like he can't open his mouth properly. Like he's, uh, and it's, it's, it's all a little bit fey. Fey is a very good show business word. Fey is a little bit affected. It's a little bit, mm, so I'm sorry, I'm doing, uh, I'm holding. And, uh, and so the, the presenter said, so do you have any hidden talents? Uh, I'll do a little bit of uh, painting. And, uh, and I'm thinking, God, you are so boring. He was so dull. And I wanted her to say, listen, you work two nights a week in Vegas. What do you do the rest of the time? What, what you know, do you, do you sit at home counting money? I don't know what you do. Do you sit at home playing songs to yourself? Is the album in the charts? Dawn will tell me. She knows these things. It's either her or Paul in Manchesterford that could check up. Oh, very good yesterday, I mentioned, because he didn't turn up on yesterday's programme. But he did send me a, um, a Twitter thing saying, I heard it mentioned, I'm so sorry I'll be back with you this morning. Letter from your father, I think. Any of that malarkey going on, do we? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We weave everything in on the programme. Everything's read out. Good, bad or indifferent. We do it all. Except for Stephen Fulham, sadly. <laughs> the subject of a... Let's just call it an investigation, shall we, Steve, at the moment. I like to keep you hanging there, because believe you me, hanging is what you will be doing. Quarter past four. Anybody treads on my toes, I'm telling you. Uh, 18 minutes past four. Morning. It's LBC 97.3. Call Clegg is back. 
He's back in today from nine o'clock. Nick Clegg, the Deputy Prime Minister, taking your calls on LBC 97.3. Plus on the day that tens of thousands of schools are closed due to teachers' strikes. Are they striking today? Oh, fantastic. The trains will be empty. Brilliant. Oh, couldn't be happier. Nick will be asking the Schools Minister, David Laws, whether he's planning to review performance-related pay. And an LBC exclusive on why so many people call 999 for the wrong reasons. I'm assuming because they're stupid. Have you seen some of those? They do them on the television. And somebody found out, my, my Chinese takeaway is late turning up. You think these people should be arrested and thrown in prison. They're too stupid for words. I can't believe some of the things that people actually do. Plus more on Jimmy Savile. Apparently, and I might have got this right, it doesn't make any difference whether I got it wrong or not, because he's dead and you can't libel the dead. And he said, you remember he, he, he said that he'd had loads of letters from people saying, you know, you, you've had sex with me and I want money or I'm going to go to the press or all this kind of stuff. He said, uh, he said none of them wanted to go to court, he said, so we settled out of court. So in other words, he paid people off. That was, that was the implication that I got. Either way, a pervert. And uh, did he ever fancy girls under 16? I don't know. He claims he didn't, but there again, you can't believe a word he said, that lying old paedophile. Uh, Prince George will be christened next week, says Noreen. Who do you think will be the godparents? Do you think Pippa will be? I think Pippa as well. Uh, maybe a friend of Catherine's. On the royal family side, I think La- Lady Sarah Chatto, very much loved by the royal family, and Hugh Van Cutsum. Long- Mommy, you're, you're well up on this one, aren't you? Long-time friend of William's family. Maybe even somebody on the late Princess Diana side, a cousin. Oh, there will be... i tell you what there will be, though. There'll be about between four and six godparents. That's how it works. It's normally four, four to six godparents, I think, for, for members of the royal family. It's not bad, is it, really? If you, imagine if you can get things like that. It's good. I'm sure it'll be lovely. It's held... Uh, I think the Archbishop uh, of Canterbury is going to be efficient... Uh, 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 he's doing it. Um, sorry, no Dale on Silla's show, says Ronald. Wow. Wow. No Dale. Now, that's very, very interesting. That interests me more than anything that's in the newspapers today. Because they were very, very close. They went on holiday. She did say, though, that he goes to bed at 10 o'clock, and I can bear witness to that, that he's not a party animal. He doesn't do partying. He doesn't do anything like that. You know, he'll go out for a little while, and then he goes back inside again. But no Dale. Now, that's very, very odd. That's very strange. Uh, 84850, everything read out on the programme. We do them all. Do them all. Um, oh, Dale, Mary says Dale popped up to say hi. It was a recorded bit. Oh, right. Good. Oh, so that's very good. Uh, another one here. This is... Uh, uh, who is this here? Marion in Hertfordshire. Who is she? I don't know who she is, actually. She says... Uh, down, down, down. I don't know who she is, actually. She's a bit strange. She's a bit strange. She hates politics, that's all I... She says, hi, Steve, I'm that DJ and... Well, you're not, you're marrying in Hertfordshire. Let's just remember, everything is saved on the, on the computer, just in case it's needed in a court of law. And you seem to be quite familiar with, uh, with courts of law. Uh, 84850, uh Kate in North Lincolnshire says, uh, my hubby had an emergency one on Tuesday. Stent, that is. Stent. Uh, only one. <laughs> Amateur. Amateur. I've got four. You can have... I know somebody's got 12. 12 stents in their, in their arteries, in their heart. And Dee says, very happy to hear that Daniel Radcliffe is level-headed, nice young guy. All the Harry Potter kids seem to have come through the ten years of all that adoration and PR unscathed. I don't know who's responsible, but it proves you don't have to end up an alcoholic drug addict because of early fame. Well, he said to me yesterday, he said it was very odd, he said, because... He said, I meet journalists now, he said, who've grown up with me. He said, they're almost like... 
you know, cousins and things. I thought, they're not really, are they? They're just, perhaps they're just pretending to be your cousin. Because since 11, he's been doing PR. He's been doing interviews since 11, and he's now 23. So he knows uh, a lot of a lot of people in the business. But he's very level-headed. I said that last time we talked about the woman in black. He's very, very level-headed. Uh, Dale was on a clip tribute to Scylla. So was Ringo. Yes, because they, they would go back to the, the cavern days. Barry Manilow, Bert Bacharach. Yes, because he did a lot of the uh, early hits for Scylla. George Martin, who would have recorded a load of them as well. Isn't it odd that he was on a, a, a clip? Why couldn't he fly back in for it? He doesn't... Uh, he's not, unless he's making some TV programme I'm not aware of at the moment. But it was nice to see Ringo there. Does that mean that Paul, Paul McCartney would have been there as well? Because they go back. She was the hatchet girl, as you know. The hatchet girl in the cavern. Which was good stuff. Very good stuff. Uh, have you heard of recipe books, says Derek, on the Jewellery Channel? Be nice to us this morning. Who's that camp one who does the jewellery as well? Is he Australian? He's blonde. He was on doing one of the roulette programmes, Derek. And uh, he's as camp as a Christmas tree. And and he does the jewellery, and then he goes on to do roulette of a night time. There's, there's a couple of them go on to do the roulette. Whether it's the same company, I've got no idea. But, uh, my God, there was some rubbish being sold on the jewellery channel the other day. This blooming Tamsonite or whatever it is, where does this garbage come from? Where does it come from? It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I mean, I realise it's a job and I realise it's a living. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, 84850, uk. Everything woven in on the programme. Why? Because we love you. It's as simple as that. Uh, from the papers this morning, uh, the NHS has been told, don't be nasty to fat people. Why? That's a, the trouble is, it's not being nasty. If you say somebody's fat, you're not saying a thin person. You know, I couldn't say to the producer, you're fat, because he's not fat. You know, he, he could turn around to me and say, you're fat, and I can go, yeah, I know. That's not being nasty, that's being truthful. I was always told, be truthful. Always tell somebody the truth. You're fat and you're ugly and you smell, OK? That solves it out. That's, that sorts out all the problems. Be honest. Be honest. If you start telling lies at an early age, it's only going to get worse by the time you get to be an adult. If indeed you get to be an adult nowadays. So you must always be uh, honest. Uh, Jimmy Savile told a cop to off when he was caught trying to seduce an underage girl in his Rolls Royce. XPC Paul Leonard says the twisted DJ who was parked in a lay-by added, I'm waiting for midnight when she turns 16. Mr Leonard, 68, claimed yesterday there wasn't a copper in Leeds who didn't know Savile was a pervert. Isn't it funny? The entire world knew about him. The entire world... Except Esther Ranson, who must, must, must have had a head, a head under a stone, I think. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, it's it's just absolutely unbelievable. Julian Clary says he uh, contemplated suicide after the awards, the comic awards, where he made the uh, the joke about Norman Lamont, and everybody laughed because at the comedy awards. Do you remember the? Uh, no, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, well, I can't repeat it anyway, because it's far too rude for this time of the morning. And you can find it online. You can see see what he said. But he was on, uh, you know, panic pills and all sorts of things. He was quite quite fragile in those days. He's told Piers Morgan, he said, I remember checking into the hotel, got all my pills out, and I thought, I'll lie down for 20 minutes before I take this major step. And then I thought better of it. Because people do that. They always say, don't they, somebody contemplates suicide, it's a cry for help. And some people, you know, they, they do hello? I'm thinking about committing suicide. OK. It just means they haven't got any friends around them. And that's the that's the problem. You know, they need friends. That's why, you know, if, if we read a story about, you know, an alcoholic in the papers and uh, they were found dead at the bottom of a cliff, you'd go because they didn't have any friends around them. You know, Paul, Paul Gasco, and there's a picture of him in the papers over the weekend. He's so thin and emaciated. And you think, 
Have you stopped the drinking? Or are you back on the drink? It's difficult to tell because alcoholics tell lies about things. They, they don't know one day from the next. They're happier when they've got the drink. They're happier when they're sitting down. I mean, I know myself because I've actually sat down after a couple of things and I've, I've started writing text messages and things like that. And I put the, the producer always says to me, he said, I knew you'd had a Chardonnay. You know, if, if, if you write something. But the trouble is, I always think you're then being honest, aren't you? And I like to be honest about things. So if I say to the producer, I think you've done a really great job. <laughs> Not on this show. But, you know, I, I think, you know, praise where praise is due. You know, you have to say it. It's like Amanda came back to produce uh, a guest we recorded yesterday, Helen Lederer. Who's a big LBC fan. And she's got a show coming up. I'll give you the details a bit later on. Uh, two shows at St James's Theatre which is very nice, and you'll know where it is. I'll, I'll tell you about it later. And um, and so Amanda had to come back to record that. So she tweeted that she was back. She said, I am back with at Steve Allen Show, hoping he's brought in mince pies. Well, of course, I didn't, because I have got some mince pies, but we seem to be getting through them at a rate of knots. I was going to bring in sometime. I might bring in tomorrow for Duncan, because I know he likes a warm mince pie with double cream. And I, I might do that tomorrow, Duncan. I know you are salivating at the very thought of it. But I think we might do that for tomorrow. Because tomorrow, I'm, I'm, when I finish, I can, I'm going to hang around, go and do a bit of shopping and then go off for lunch. Because it's an early lunch, which I, which I quite like. Uh, more sex charges. Uh, for, uh, for Gary Glitter, they say, after detectives have handed a file of evidence to prosecutors. Uh, more on Jimmy Savile. I was just amazed that, that Jimmy Savile... And we everybody joked about it in the industry. And when I say joked about it, you joked about it in so much as it was, it was like a secret that everybody knew about. But you didn't know what was going on. You know, so people say, oh, now then, now then. People who do impressions always say, oh, I hope we've got a little girl. And the only time, and I'm surprised she's not come forward, that he ever did one of his fixits, he went away, was a little girl who was 12 years old to the Dead Sea. And that's why I, I thought to myself at the time, at the time, I thought it was a bit uncomfortable. And with hindsight, it's even more uncomfortable. So, you know, I know there's lots of journalists who listen to this programme, but that was it. That was on a Jimmy Savile fix-it. And she wanted to go to the Dead Sea to float in a place that was so dense with salt, you did float on the water. You didn't need to sort of make any effort. And he went, he went on, and he, ne- he never went on fix-its. He didn't do them. They were either in the studio, it was a band, or, you know, we, we sent them off to do rock climbing or something in the Pyrenees. But this was a fix-it that he went on, a 12-year-old girl. So it can't be that difficult to find, can it? <laughs> Duncan's just said lush. <laughs> I think he means lash. Uh, anyway, <laughs> on the, on the. No, so tomorrow, mince pies, with the whiskey in, with the thick double cream. So, I've got exciting myself now. And the producer goes, and you will remember to bring in my mug for me, because I've promised him that I'll bring in a mug. I will forget that this is after my encounter with the, uh, with the law this morning in Twickenham. It's always, I always love it when you bump into the police in the early hours of the morning. I, think, I always think that's great. It's a big bit of a comforter for me. I quite like to know that they're out there. I didn't get round to tell you that my mother used to work for the police and we used to live next door to the chief inspector of, uh, of Newbury Police Station when we lived in Newbury. And so it went on. But I, I didn't get round to that bit. I didn't think I'd actually bore them to death that much, I'm afraid. They looked as though they were ready to go. And they finish at seven this morning. So it's a fairly lengthy shift. And, of course, it's student night in Twickenham. So lots of drunk people. And I said, well, lots of people wee in doorways. And she said, well, call us. I said, if I called you every time somebody weed in a doorway, you might as well just stay here and wait for the next one. Awful. 84850, steve at A cheating woman and a husband who writes graffiti. After the news. 
LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to uh, five. Such a good mood this morning. I love Thursday, even though this week's dragged. Apparently, um, the... Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Derek's come back again telling us, and it's Steve Milne who does the jewellery and the roulette. There's two of them, aren't there? One is, one is the thin, sort of blonde hair, slightly camp, and the other one's the slightly butcher version and carrying a lot more weight. He also does jewellery, and that, that's the one who needs to get his nails sorted out. My, uh, do you know, this is... It's so strange. Every day I look at my nails, because as a compulsive nail biter since the age of ten... I never had any nails at all. This is the first time in my 40-year <coughs> history that I've actually had nails that I can I can actually tap on it. I can actually hear... Before, I couldn't hear anything. But stop, stop biting it. The producer started biting his nails. I know it's nerve-wracking working with me, but don't bite your nails. And I used to bite them. And what stopped me... And I've tried everything. We tried hypnosis... We tried, there used to be something called bitter aloes. You put it on there and apparently it used to, it used to sort of taste so vile. But nothing tasted that vile that I didn't want to, I always wanted to bite my nails. And so the moment I got a bit of nail to bite, I would bite it. And, and then I had my, my new bridge put in. And having spent two and a half thousand pounds on the bridge, I decided that I wasn't going to bite my nails just in case I bit them and the teeth cracked. So I've been, I've been quite careful. So now I've got nails. And, I, and I've been out and I bought I bought little orange sticks for sort of taking the dirt. I bought uh, scrubbing brushes to take the dirt out from underneath them. People say to me, if you scrape your hands on a bar of soap, that puts soap underneath them. And that sort of bit stops all the dirt getting there, because that's the annoying bit. I bought this um, nail hardener, which, which you sort of paint on. It's like sort of a, a varnish kind of thing, but it dries clear. It doesn't, it doesn't look as though you've got nail varnish on. But that hardens your nails up, because years of biting them means that they, they weren't as strong. But now, I mean... I'm, that's one of my nails. I'm so... I mean, I'll tell you. I cannot tell you. Nothing could ever change my happiness. For, it's, it's like somebody saying, I managed to give up smoking. I spoke to a friend of mine the other day. And he's trying to give up smoking with the help of an electronic cigarette. But he's now addicted to the electronic cigarettes. So, I mean, it's probably cheaper to actually go back and smoke cigarettes. And, and I said, I've not smoked now. And he said, wouldn't you go back and smoke? I said, no, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Occasionally, I think to myself, if I'm having a drink... You know, Duncan likes the odd cigar and things like that. Occasionally, if I'm having a drink, I think it would be nice to have one cigarette. And then I thought, no, because I couldn't have one cigarette. Because smoking can be detected, the effects of smoking, in the brain quicker than heroin. It's that addictive. So I know that if I had one cigarette, if I left here this morning at 7 o'clock, had a cigarette outside, by the time I got to the corner, I'd be going and buying a packet of 20. And I'd be, then I'd be back biting the nails. So I... so. I wouldn't ever go back, and it's been about ten years now. I think Mandy Siegel, an old old producer friend of mine now, an old producer friend, uh, we both stopped at the same time, because it was actually, we were both being each other's crutch. Well, I think I was more hers, because she's only about two foot tall, bless her. Uh, it's like a Polly Pocket. And so uh, I was actually, you know, one of those uh, people who wanted to give up smoking. But you've got to want to give it up. If you, if you don't want to give up smoking, then you won't give up smoking, because you'll find it impossible. You've got to actually want to stop. And that's when all the tar starts falling off your lungs, and that's when you feel ill, and that's when you... You, know, you don't feel 100%. doesn't matter, though. Um, <laughs> Ray says, Did you see Emmerdale last night? If they hung all the cast for being actors, they would die innocent. Yes. I mean, I... Um, I actually... 
didn't see Eminem. Who did they kill off last night? They had somebody on. It was embarrassing. Poor old... Who's that lame one on the Loose Women? Who's the fat one who, who went thin because she brought out a, a DVD? Oh, Colleen Nolan. That's right. Colleen... Yes, Colleen Nolan. Uh, the one who lalaed, who didn't sing at all in the, uh, in the things. And now she's just... She's just an idiot. I don't know why the producer of Daytime ITV brought her back onto the programme. She contributes nothing. She really is. And so she was saying to the actress from, oh, so so and so so and so happened. And she said, you didn't see last night, did you? And then she had to go, no, I didn't. I thought, well, you know, you don't quite know, uh, you know, what, what's going on. And, and that, that bit's been explained. So, you know, it made her look very stupid. And then she tried to come back with a few funnier sides, but it didn't work. She's about as funny as, you know, something that you want to try and get rid of out your stomach. And that's it. So, um, so where am I going with that one? Yes, so, um, so graffiti I'll come back to. And uh, and then the nails. We've done the nails. Very excited. Apparently, Scylla went with the cast of Coronation Street, which is good. Uh, producer Robert Antin of the Pussycat Dolls is funding uh, Matt Goss. Well, I mean, I'd, I've never seen anybody spend so much money. Perhaps he fancies him. I don't know. I can't quite work it out why somebody had shoved so much money into a person who's got two nights in, in Vegas and can't really sing that well. He's not really a great singer. You know, in terms of singers, that's why, you know, Matt Goss four years in the Gossy Lounge, and he's done nothing. He comes back here, but, I mean, he ditched us years ago. Bigfoot and the Yeti are two different things. Well, I thought they're both the same, because neither of them exist. Neither of them exist, as far as I know. Uh, have you managed to watch the soaps last night, says Paul? No. He says, I had to watch Corrie with Roy and Haley in Blackpool. Very sloppy. Very sloppy. He said, I had to make an excuse to tune into Clive Bull instead. Well, far better. Much better. You know, if, you, if you're going to go for quality... Go for Clive Bull. So much better. And also, uh, Hayley and, uh, and Roy, because I think she dies at Christmas, doesn't she? I think something like that. And also, they're, uh, they're actually killing somebody else off. Who are they killing off? Killing off. I, I do like telling people. Yeah, they're actually going to kill off uh, Tina, Michelle Keegan. Um, so she'll have no way back when she quits next year. They're going to kill off the character. Obviously, don't rate her too much, then, if they're going to kill her off, because sometimes they leave the, the door open, don't they? They leave the doors open so that uh, people can come back. But in, in the case of her, they are, according to the papers, going to, be, uh, going to be killing her off. Who's that nasty woman that's just got in the car? Do we know who she is? I was just watching a little bit on, on Sky, some vile woman going to the back of a car. You knew she was horrible by the expression on her face. She'll be responsible for some horrible thing. Uh, anyway, producers are lining up a grisly demise for Tina McIntyre and a major whodunit. They hope we get the whole nation guessing. Who gives a toss? So they're going to kill off a character. It's not real. Why, why would the whole country be guessing? I mean, do everybody a favour. They should have killed off... I think they killed off Helen Flanagan, didn't they? If they didn't, they should have done. But apparently the good news is that... Uh, Helen, uh, sorry, not Helen, uh, Michelle Keegan, has won Sexiest Female at the British Soap Awards four times. And she's engaged to Mark Wright, or they looked both as miserable as sin the other day. So uh, expect that to be another one of those lame publicity stunts. They'll, they'll, they'll get married, he won't get any work, and she won't get any work either, because there is no work outside of soap. There's very, very little work, I'm afraid. It just Because they're only famous because they're in soaps. The only reason she gets FHM and stuff like that is because she was in Coronation Street. But Tina O'Brien disappeared, didn't she? Disappeared without trace. Completely vanished. Completely vanished. And then her, the, the bloke who got her pregnant has just declared himself bankrupt. Hilarious. 84850. <laughs> How do Freeview decide what channels to show? I don't know. I get loads of Freeview. I love the Freeview channels. 
Okay, all the jewellery channels are now seem to run through the night as well, as Derek will probably tell you. Uh, Biggins and Amanda Holden came and sat on the couch with Scylla. Paul O'Grady sat opposite. Most tributes recorded. Katie Melu and Alison Moyer sang. Scylla did blind date with past contestants. Yes, there was the famous one. She went to one of the weddings, didn't she? She bought herself a new hat. That was the that was the joke out of Blind Date. And that's why Amanda Holden was on there, because Amanda Holden was a contestant on Blind Date. There's quite a number. Jenny Faulkner was another contestant on Blind Date, who sort of moved on to it. Um, Matt, Matt Goss. Yes. The trouble is with, with, with Matt Goss. The one thing that Matt Goss has never done, he always takes himself a bit too seriously. And because he's, he's had a personality bypass... He's a little bit dull. Watch watch his interview. Just go onto YouTube, type in Matt Goss interview, and you'll realise that he's... Uh, he sort of mumbles. It's a little bit dreary, I'm afraid. You know, he needs to sort of up the ante. Or failing that, he needs to do a nude photo shoot. That might win him some more fans, because at the moment I've got no idea who his fans are, apart from very old with money, which is good. Uh, 84850, uk. I love the idea that sort of the NHS are now... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. There's a police story in the paper today. I have to mention it because it's quite funny. And it's a stag party dwarf dressed as a policeman. Uh, apparently he was pounced on by two policemen in their uh, in their sort of day-glow jackets. Very exciting. They threatened him with arrest for impersonating an officer. I mean, Charles, Charlie, had been handcuffed, had handcuffed the groom, Darren Rogers, dressed as a pantomime horse, and led him to a race course in a prank paid for by pals... And uh, and then the police turn up and they want to arrest this little bloke for impersonating a police officer. And you think, well, he's not really, because he's a bit too small to be a police officer. It is only a joke, I'm afraid. But uh, North Yorkshire police said it had asked a race go to hand over an extendable baton and four sets of handcuffs. Obviously, their budget's cut again, haven't they? They're trying to now nick them off midgets, which is fantastic. Um, Hunt for Maddie, swim short duo. They're now looking for two men in swimming shorts. Oh, well, and Father Christmas and the Tooth Fairy. They'll all be uh, there as well. Uh, a sunglasses salesman has become one of the world's busiest food critics. Paul Blackett has so far reviewed 780 restaurants. He's a fat bloke, he really is. And he's used TripAdvisor. And, and he, he says, uh, sometimes, he says, I'm, I'm not fussy, I'll go to the scruffiest kebab shops, I'll go to anywhere. But the trouble is, I always think, scruffy kebab shop, filthy dirty, I'm afraid. Filthy dirty. But it, it is full of just fat people, isn't it? You go to kebab shops and the chicken shops and everything else. It's quite awful. Uh, 84850, uh So, didn't see Emma... I need somebody to tell me who was killed off in Emmerdale. One of the main characters was killed off. So, I would like to know about that. I need to know the name of the other person who does the, the jewellery channel and the roulette. Uh, somebody says, is Kim Lomas being killed off? Oh, please, God. I mean, we could... I mean, she was she was attempting to act the other day. And the trouble is, when somebody gets coverage in the newspapers, because they've cheated, apparently, on their, uh, on their old man, because she worked with this person in Coronation Street, and apparently the attraction was immediate. So you have to sort of say, well, that's OK. And, uh, and, then, and then you watch them more closely, and you suddenly realise that she's never had an acting lesson in her life, and by God, it shows. But when they leave these programmes... I mean, don't seriously think Michelle Keegan can ever actually go on stage and act. She's never done anything like that. The nearest she could probably get, which I think Tina O'Brien got, was a couple of pantos. And even now, that's, you know, you can't just work once a year, can you? Very difficult. You know, you, you come out of that uh, business. Uh, Rod Little, in his column today, is talking about that ghastly old wannabe model, Josie Cunningham, the one who doesn't know how to apply makeup, really has the face like a back end of a bus, I'm afraid. And uh, he says, Good honour. Why does he say that? I'll tell you after this. 
LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. I love it when friends of mine text me in to say, I'm driving in now, I'm listening, because I'm covering breakfast on... Um, uh, have a heart. And uh, so, uh, so JK, coming in now. I've not heard from him for ages. Yeah, I'm obviously just a fair weather friend. You know, some people just they just use me and abuse me. I've lost a story in the paper as well. I had it. Um, I had it a minute ago, and now the blasted thing's gone. I should have, anyway. Let me let me tell you. Rod Little is talking about this uh, so-called wannabe model Josie Cunningham. This is this really, really desperately unattractive person. I don't know what the standard of modelling is nowadays, but it's obviously dropped quite considerably. Uh, she said she's going to pay back the four thousand pound that her boob job cost that was done on the NHS, paid for by you and me. The operation has left her with uh, baps the size of those hot air balloons the Germans tried to bomb us with in the First World War. They're truly frightening. Go near one with a naked flame and it'll probably take out half of Leeds, Josie's hometown. Still, she seems happy enough with them, so I hope she sticks to her word. We shouldn't pay for cosmetic surgery on the NHS unless it's for people who have been disfigured. But then people go to them and they lie to the NHS, don't they? They say, you know, my life is ruined because I've only got small, small bosoms and, and I want big bosoms. And then it turns out she thinks she's a model. Well, I mean, anybody could tell you that something as unattractive as this, there's no chance she's ever going to be a model. She really just, you know, she doesn't, doesn't have that kind of look. You know, you, you have to have some sort of classic look. And she doesn't have anything at all apart from Jeremy Kyle. You know, that is the look that she has. So you could see her on the Jeremy Carr show. My God, there were some ugly people on there the other day. I mean, really, 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 really unattractive people arguing over, you know, this is your baby, I want this, I want a, a lie detector test. Have you cheated? And then there were two lesbians on there. You know, why people want to parade their love life on the television, I've got no idea. And they wanted a, a DNA to find out one of them who used to go with men... Uh, was she still going with men and the other one? And then, the, then they kissed and made up. And I was thinking, this is so boring. It's so dull. Does anybody really care? And the answer, no, they don't. No, they don't. Now, where is this blasted story? It was a story of revenge. But unfortunately, it, it backfired. It backf- <coughs> excuse me, backfired on this particular man. Here he is. His name is Aaron Fraser. He's 47 Unfortunately, mentally, he's about five, I think. His, um, his, his wife uh, ditched him. So he wrote graffiti on a wall, accusing her of being a lesbian. You know, he's a bit stupid. He's 47, but as I say, with the mental age of a, of a carrot, I'm afraid. And he misspelt the word cheating. Because people who, who generally can't spell, it means they're a bit thick. It means that they're a bit stupid, and he's certainly very... He can't spell for toffee. So when they arrested him, they, they found he was guilty because they asked him to write it out again, and he misspelled it again. He's so dumb. So his handwriting was recognised, and uh, he wrote, Cheating Melanie and Monique Lesbian Lovers. He's a steel worker. He was spared prison. Why? Because it's hom- homophobia. What he wrote was homophobia. And, uh, I mean, he should have been taken out and banged up straight away, but he said he might lose his job. Uh, if he was if he was jailed. Good. Good. I'm really delighted. I wish he would lose his job. I hope his boss is reading this this morning going, we don't want you working here. You're quite clearly a homophobe. You're harbouring, you know, these unpleasant little thoughts towards your ex-wife. Uh, he breached a restraining order three times. Lock him up. Absolutely lock him up. I couldn't care less whether he loses his job. I'd be, I'd be standing there cheering as they kicked him out. He only lives... He's, he's from Bridgend. Now, that's Port Talbot, isn't it? Bridgend, Port Talbot, I think. Um... He's, uh, he's in the Territorial Army. 
and he served in Afghanistan. God. <laughs> How he ever got into the Territorial Army, God alone knows. But anyway, he's been spared it. He's just been given 150 hours community work. It's not enough, is it, really? I don't think it's enough. Karen says, um, I haven't texted you in a few weeks, not because I didn't want to. I couldn't understand why my mobile phone bill was costing me more than my agreed contract. And I found out it's you that's costing me a fortune. I don't think so. Don't you get free texts? My, you, blimey, I'd, I'd get your phone sorted out straight away, Karen. I don't pay for any texts at all. I've got limitless texts on my phone. Limitless texts. And I pay under £20 a month. Limitless phone calls. Sorry, uh, yes, absolutely free phone because I've got a gigabyte of whatever it is. And my phone bill is 20 quid a month. And I've got limitless texts, limitless phone. So you're paying actually... You must have some really cranky old deal. You can go down the high street now and uh, and really get it changed. I'm with O2. And I know people who've got 15 quid a month. How much do you pay... Producer? 35. 35 quid? Why? Why are you paying th- for what? What, what? what do you get for 35 quid? You get you get what? An iPhone? Unlimited internet? Yeah, but uh, uh, unlimited text, unlimited calls? For 35 quid? 20 quid? 20 pounds a month I pay. Swap. No, I'm not giving you my phone. It's a new one. Uh, <laughs> no, you should never be paying anything like that. That's just ridiculous. The only way that you pay over the odds on your phone call is if you had a contract before though it said... Uh, on my one, I used to have a thousand minutes. Well, frankly, I mean, I use my phone every day. I need to charge my phone up twice a day because I use it so much. Uh, always chatting to people. And before you know where you are, you've done an hour on the phone. It's quite easily done. I use it at home. I don't use a home phone at all. I use the mobile for everything. And uh, when I had another contract, it was a thousand minutes a month. I would go over it. The moment you go over it, you're paying through the nose. You're absolutely paying through the nose. So I then decided that we change it, and I wanted to go limitless. And a friend of mine, because a friend of mine is brilliant at doing it, I can't do it. If I phone up and say say to a company, I'm thinking of leaving, they go, OK, thanks. But now you can go between companies quite easily. So if you get a better deal with somebody else, you just phone them up, and you get these transfer numbers, and you transfer it over. But a friend of mine, he said, I'll, I'll do it. He said, how much are you paying at the moment? And I was paying at the time 60 quid a month. 60 quid a month. You know, not that it was, it wasn't any particular hardship. But when, when he said, I'll, I'll get that down, I thought, well, that's good. And so, lovely. Um, so, so anyway, so he phones them up and it, it took him 10 minutes on the phone. First of all, he said, can you put, put me through to disconnections? He said, we want to cancel uh, because we've been offered a better deal elsewhere. And they said, what sort of deal have you been offered? And he made up 20 quid and they said, we'll, we'll match it. So it from there on in, I've not paid a penny. Sometimes it goes to £21. But that's about as far as it goes. If you're paying anything more than that in this day and age, go there, threaten to go, and go and get uh, go and get another server. You can do so much better. You shouldn't be paying. But if you're on limited text, if it says you can do 300 texts, and you're sending a lot of them, each text is costing you a lot of money after you've used up what you've got. I only offer that as uh, some free some free advice this morning. Uh, Paul from Manchester has brought the letter from his father. She thinks so too. Disgraceful behaviour. We don't want any of that again, I'm afraid. He says, uh, as it's a family show. I'll just say technical problems with Dad's new catheter. Swimming pool, and leave it at that. But I assume you get the drift. <laughs> I think we do. I think. Anyway, a couple of bits from yesterday. Uh, because people text him yesterday, say, well, you know, where are you? All right. Because people like to check in. You know, we don't want people sort of wandering off to other radio stations. Thank you very much indeed. I want to make sure you stay with LBC. Whether you work for another radio station, and I have a lot of friends who do work for another radio station, and they listen to the programme as well, which is quite nice. So I like to know that they are alive, you know, and they are sort of, they are around. Anyway, uh, 
Motown white recording artist. We were asking about this yesterday. This will appear to you, Jason. And uh, you missed one of the first. Irene Ryan, better known to anybody over 39 as, as Grandma Clampett in the Beverly Hillbillies. I remember Grandma Clampett. She recorded a song called No Time At All in 1972. You can hear it on YouTube. You also mentioned the the page seven fella in the sun. It was, as you say, fairly short-lived and finished, not through indifference from its female and gay fans, but mainly because of the death of a model called Kevin Petz. Yes, Kevin Petz uh, died of an AIDS-related illness. He appeared in a magazine called Four Women. He was a page seven fella, but in Four Women, he took everything off. He, 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 he was start naked in this For Women magazine, which was, I think, the... The female version, or the gay version, of... There was Playboy, and then there was Playgirl magazine, which had a lot of obscenely overwell-endowed uh, young men, and uh, which just used to depress people no end. And Kevin Petz, you're right, died of an age-related illness at a, at a very, very early age. He wasn't, he wasn't gay. He contracted it from a female dancer in Germany. And, uh, unfortunately, in the, in the climate of the time, and the PC Brigade, the feature... Quietly disappeared. Our shop near Piccadilly Station in Manchester was next door to the Sun's office. And a couple of the fellas signed some of the, the calendars for the female staff. He says, uh, Freeview TV, Global are on there. Oh, we on there with our two, uh, two channels. Oh, right. There you go. You see, you know these things. It's interesting, though, when you, when you talked about short-lived. I can remember front pages of some of our leading newspapers when people were talking about HIV, saying, don't, don't share a water bottle at, at work with somebody because they might be HIV and there was this huge backlash. I mean, it was rampant homophobia. You couldn't say it now. You take somebody to court. That's why this man who sort of accused his wife of being a lesbian straight into court. You don't you start writing homophobia. You're in court straight away. You know, and now the man has been named and shamed as a complete buffoon, complete buffoon. And I'm glad I'm, I'm glad when these people are exposed because they're quite clear they've got some mental illness, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm with O2. Says Karen, I have unlimited texts, unlimited calls and data and I pay £27 a month. Uh, the guy in the O2 store I visited asked about my bill and said it's the 84850 texts that are costing you. I don't, I don't know, are they? I don't think so. I don't think so. You should, you should, well, you need to sort that out because I, c- I can call anybody. I don't pay anything more and you're paying that much. <sighs> Got to get it sorted, get it sorted today. Go in there, threaten, threaten to leave. That always kicks them where it hurts. Go and tell them tell you've got a better, a better deal. Uh, 84850... Kevin the Milkman says, that lesbian hater who can't spell sounds like a right old... <laughs> can't say it because I'll get into trouble. <laughs> Mark in Putney says, uh, how do you misspell cheating? C-H-W-E-T-I-N-G. I know, I'm amazed at how many people can't spell nowadays. I mean, it is a sign of being a bit thick, isn't it? You know, you, I mean, I've actually got, you know, a 10-year-old and a 15-year-old and an 18-year-old, godchildren, who can spell brilliantly. And then you get so-called adults who can't spell for toffee. It's embarrassing, really, isn't it? Uh, 84850. Oh, Bridget, well, it's worth every penny, then. It's worth every penny. Uh, John says, I'm waiting for my test results to come back. I may have to have stents. It sounds terrible to me, and I'm quite worried about it. Is it anything to worry about? Oh, it's dreadful. The pain, the agony. Oh, When you say you're waiting for test results to come back, what, what test results are you waiting to come back. Because when you go in there, I mean, if you've... The only reason that they put stents in is if you've got angina. And they don't really need a test to come back. I mean, apart from that, they, they will put you on one of those cardiac machines and they test you. And, uh, and then they will have a look at your things, uh, your, uh, your arteries, to see if any of them are blocked. So you go in and, uh, and they do a little test and they see if it's blocked. If it's blocked, then you go and you have these stents put in. If you're diabetic, the special stents 
which are coated, and you can have anything from one to, to ten, I think, put in. And all they do is they go in up your main archery uh, of either one of your arms. In my case, they went in on my right arm. I can't even see the vein they went in on, but they push the little stent in with this... It's like a thin wire. I mean, they're so tiny. You know, as I'm practically blind, I can't see these things anyway, but they literally, they, they don't anaesthetise you. It is, um, it is just local anaesthetic. You have a little bit of juice going into your other arm, which sort of takes away any little pain or strange little effect you might have. But there's no, there's no uh, general anaesthetic, much as though you might want it. Tell you more after the news. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Four minutes past five. Oh, somebody's just told me how the uh, how the texts uh, work. Um, Hazel says, interested to hear what you said about the mobile phones. If you're in a two-year contract, can you still threaten to leave? No. If you're tied into a contract, you can't. You can't. That's the, I think that's the only problem, really. Apparently, Steve says, uh, text messages sent to LBC uh, cost your standard network charge normally no more than 12p. Oh, I think I'm worth 12p? I think I'm worth... Well, the producer's not too sure about that one. I think I'm worth 12p. 10p, said. All right, let's, let's actually negotiate. Uh, Helga says, John shouldn't worry. My father had stents put in eight years ago. He's fine. No pain experience at all. He's 84 on Saturday. Oh, exactly. It's a case of... You have stents put in. What do you want to do? Live or die? Hello? There, there is the option for you. You know, if you've got angina, if you walk and you get pains in your, in your heart and you have to stop every so often... And that means you've got angina. So you go to the doctor. They give you a referral to the uh, cardiac unit at the hospital. They do it all day, every day. They're so used to putting in stents. I mean, you know, I had mine put in. I don't know when I had them put in. I can't remember. Five, six years ago, something like that. No, actually, it must have been more than six years ago. We were in a different building. So it was about seven years ago I had my, my stents put in. And the difference is unbelievable. I th- To be honest with you, to be brutally honest... I think I might have to go back again because I've experienced a little bit, a little bit of chest pain recently. So I think I need to go back and get that sorted out. It's finally the time, though. It's finally the time to start sort of juggling things around left, right and centre. But you just go in and uh, I was in in the morning. Some people, unless it's really, really urgent, sometimes you go in and there'll be people who are more important, who will jump the, the queue. Uh, ahead of you, and that's that's to be accepted. I, I did meet one man, and he'd been rejected four times. He needed it doing, but it, he wasn't as urgent as mine was. So mine was urgent, and I thought they were brilliant. I was in a uh, hospital in Duquesne Road, the Charing Cross Hospital in Duquesne Road, just up from Shepherd's Bush, they, where, they, where they deal a lot with, with diabetics and stuff like that. And you just go in there, and they put a, a little needle into... Into, in my case, my left hand, and I hate needles. You know me, I'm a, I'm a bit funny about that, a bit phobic. And they put that in there, and that sort of gave you the happy juice. And then they hold your arm into this sort of little rest thing, the other side. And, uh, and then they feed this tiny, tiny wire through your vein. And he's literally threading it. I mean, you could, if you want to watch it, you're fine. If, if, you're, if you're good, you know, with things like that, that's fine. But I can't even watch on the television. I mean, it's, you know, it's, if, if, if you actually end up with sort of um, sort of somebody who's actually able to look at these sort of things, that's fine. But if they're doing something on the television, they did it the other day, they were doing a hospital programme, and they, and they put a needle into somebody's wrist, I nearly fell apart. I have to look away, I'll change channels. I, d- I just don't like it. <laughs> 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. 
And, uh, and that's what they do. They put it in there. They don't give you a general anaesthetic because if you have a heart attack, they can't bring you back. OK, I think you would quite like to be brought back. So that's why you could... I mean, I just counted ceiling tiles. I think three and a half hours I was in. Three and a half hours in the, in the operating theatre. And they put the thing in. And at the end of this little line... It's ever so clever. It's got a little tiny camera so you can watch your heart pumping away on the screen. I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's my heart. They can see it. And then they put the stent in and then it springs open. It's a little tiny... It's tiny, infinitesimally small. And then the, the, uh, the artery opens up because it's a bit like furred up pipes. And it opens up a bit and then the blood flows through and then you don't get that. When you've been walking, the, the pain you get is the blood trying to force itself through the blocked up artery. I've become a, an expert. I've become an expert on stents. So when people say to me, what's it like having stents? I go, listen, better that than dead. Better that. Um, Malcolm says, I noticed when Scylla finished the song, uh, finished the show with the song, You're a Mucky Kid. I think that's called Liverpool, Liverpool Lullaby. It goes, oh, you are a mucky kid. Dirty hands a dustbin lid. And then at the very end, it says, you'll get a belt from your dad. It's been changed to told off by your dad. It's not the same at all, is it, really? They should have left it as it was. It's a great song. And in fact, if you go out and buy Scylla Black's Greatest Hits, she's got some, some good songs, apart from Liverpool Lullaby and What's It All About? Alfie... Or the other one. I love it. I seriously love it. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, I'm with Tesco. Oh, good for you. And the texts are free to every number except 84850. They call that a premium rate number, so I top up a tenner every two or three weeks to be able to vent my spleen over the LBC airwaves. We love you as well. We love you for that. No, I, d- I didn't know it cost, actually. I'm a, I'm a stranger here. I've only been here a short while, <laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, other one here says, I'm still poised for the graffiti story. Well, you've had that now. Uh, somebody called Tass says, has Alison Moyer lost an enormous amount of weight? Yes. And Derek says, Derek Gibbons does jewellery and roulette too. He says, now you've got nice nails. Are you in training to join the jewellery channel? You cheeky mare. I don't think so. I'm so pleased about the nails. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you. I, I sit on the train looking at them. Whereas before, because I bit my nails and, and I bit them so badly that I learned to eat without showing my nails to people. Because if you bite your nails, you tend to keep them sort of covered up. And I learned to eat without showing people my nails. So when people eventually sort of, they say, show me your nails. Now, I sit there happy. But because of years of training, of keeping my hands, now it's very difficult to keep my, keep my hands spread out. But I'm, I'm quite pleased with myself. In fact, I'm very pleased with myself. <laughs> It's terrible, really. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Everything woven into the programmes. Young Paul uh, says short code numbers for texting usually cost approximately 25p. Hence why your listener had a high phone bill. Inclusive texts are usually mobile and landline text numbers, but short codes are premium rate. Update on TJ. Remember the dog? The dog that eats door frames? Day three of him having the whole house to himself while I'm at work, and he's not damaged anything. Shh. In fact, this morning I walked in, took my work boots off and thought, where is he? So I called him and he jumped off the bed and came to see me and started running around like a loony. Bless him. Oh, that's good news, isn't it? So it's, th- it's that letting him have the whole house, isn't it? Letting him have the whole house is obviously the, the way forward, which is uh, excellent. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. More stories from the papers. Don't forget, call Clegg with Nick Ferrari this morning. Oh, and I've got this story. I've got this story because there's a lady going to be listening. Anyway, so I'm standing outside waiting for the car this morning. 
And uh, some mornings it's a bit wet, so I sort of stand, I think, oh, I hope it's going to be soon. And I'm standing there, and I'm the only one on the street in Twickenham. There's nobody. This is, you know, loony o'clock. This is, you know, half past two in the morning. And I'm standing there, staring to the distance. I've got my little bottle of water, sucking me, uh, me licorice tablets. And I'm sort of staring up. And this police van goes past me very slowly. And as it goes past, they both look at me. There's two WPCs in there. They both look at me. And I thought, I obviously look dodgy. I'm obviously looking somewhat suspect at this time of the morning. So it, it went past, it, and, it, and then the, the traffic lights changed, and so they went to red, and so sat there. I thought, I think they're looking at me. And so I dodged behind a pillar and peered out a little bit, which made me look probably even more suspicious. And so then, so then it sort of it went off, and I'm standing there thinking, my car's late this morning. It's normally, you know, it's normally there on, on the sort of the dot, and it was running about a few minutes late. Anyway, so the police van, it gets to the top of the high street, and it turns round. I thought, oh, no... I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be in big, big trouble. I'm on the street, you know, I'm, I'm going to be carted off. I'm going to have to phone the producer and say, listen, I've been carted off because I'm suspicious. They're looking for somebody who looks like me and everything, you know, being a peeping Thomas and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, so it put, and then it pulled, I thought, oh, please, please drive past, please drive past. And it didn't. It stopped right by me. And they turned, I thought, she's going to put the blues and twos on. I'm going to be carted off here. I'm going to be going screaming. And I prepared all my, all, my, all my answers. Like, I stand here every morning at this time. I'm waiting for my car. My name's Steve Allen, you know, I'm 40. And that kind of stuff. And uh, I thought, well, you know. And so I stand there. Anyway, they turn the engine off. And they both get out. I thought, I'm in big trouble now. I'm in big, I'm going to be on the floor with handcuffs, I can tell. Or looking forward to it. And anyway, so she gets out. And, uh, and one of them, who I've since discovered, is called Nadine says to me, uh, she says, are you Steve? I thought, God, I'm known. I said, yeah. She said, my grandmother is your biggest fan. <laughs> well, there's no answer to it, is there at all? So I said, oh, good. She said, we went past, she said, and I thought, because my grandmother listens every morning, she said, from five o'clock. She's there every day. Her name's Doris Watkins. She's in Battersea. She's just had to have another cup of tea now, I should imagine. She's probably a bit stressed by the whole thing. And so uh, and so we stood there chatting for a little bit about... Uh, she said, can I have a picture taken? I said, of course you can. I was so grateful not to be arrested, trying to explain to the producer, being a peeping Thomas. And uh, and so we had a, had a picture taken. I, I then got quite carried away with the whole thing and then said, I've got some LBC mugs. And so I gave them some LBC mugs. So there's one, one for each of the girls and uh, and one for you, Doris. If you get round to it, OK, you can have that one. But it's the first time that two uh, Twickenham police officers going around on a busy, busy night, because it was student night and all the bars were full of students drinking themselves into oblivion, uh, they actually go back with, with a present. In fact, if I'd thought about it properly, Nadine, you could have had a box of chocolates from the car, but I, th- I only thought about that a few minutes ago. So next time I see you, I'll get you a nice box of chocolates, OK? Because you look like girls who would enjoy a box of chocolates driving around. So it was nice to meet them. I forgot what Nadine's friend was called. I'm ever so sorry. It's my fault. Uh, but Doris Watkins in Battersea, all her friends in Abigail, you were mentioned on the radio this morning. She said, I know, I know. You've now become famous. So thank you for being an LBC listener. Thank you for listening at this time of the morning. And, um, and I hope you have a nice day today. Uh, another one here, which uh, so Adrian says, I'm currently on the way to Oxford, looking forward to reading your book one day, as it would truly be a bestseller. Uh, it probably would be, if you could get away with half of the stuff. Imagine if you're actually able to say everything. I think that'd be quite funny. Uh, Kenneth says, uh, thank you for explaining how stents are inserted. I had uh, an angiogram 
and it was found that my arteries are narrowing. In my case, they went in through my right thigh. A little embarrassing, as uh, but I think they've seen it all before. Yes, you either get it through the wrist or they go in through your thigh, but they've done my exploratory through my groin. And, uh, oh, very embarrassing. And, uh, and then they, they did the other thing through theirs. So, oh, I didn't care. It's a hospital. They did it brilliantly. The worst thing for me, the worst thing for me, there's, I think there were six people in the operating theatre. There's somebody sort of checking your juice on this side. So if you get in any pain or anything, you know, where it aches a little bit, you say, can I have a bit more? And they give you another little squirt of it. That makes you feel like, wee! And then there's a couple of nurses in there. And then there's another operating theatre through, through the glass. The worst thing was there were three people in the operating theatre who were LBC listeners. You can imagine how embarrassed I felt. You know, you're lying there, you're not looking your best, got no pants on, you know, you've got a gown that's open at the back, you know, we don't look good, we don't look good. And then they go, I thought we recognised your voice. I thought, oh, God. Yes, I didn't give them mugs, no. <laughs> didn't have any mugs with me. Uh, right, quarter past five. Ferrari and the team, it's called Clegg. Your chance to talk to the Deputy Prime Minister, Nick Clegg, 9.05. Today on LBC 97.3, and it'll be up on the LBC website as well, lbc.co.uk. Plus, on the day, this excited me, the tens of thousands of schools are closed due to the teachers on strike. Nick will be talking to the schools minister, David Laws, on whether he's planning to review performance-related pay. And an LBC exclusive on why so many people call 999 for the wrong reasons. It's ridiculous, the reasons that some people call, you know, I've locked myself out of my flat, my Chinese takeaway's late in arriving... You know, have you seen my cat? All this, I mean, just absolutely ludicrous. So Nick and the team will be doing that this morning on LBC. A little bit late in the Daily Mirror today. They're doing the Attitude Awards, which were yesterday. We did them yesterday on the programme. They've only just, poor old Clemmy Moody's way out of line on this one. And uh, she does talk about uh, little John Berkey, Burko, who's the, uh, the Speaker at the House of Commons. He gave the most memorable speech on the attitude bash for all the wrong reasons. While all the other celebs, including Daniel Radcliffe, coming up for in conversation shortly, Paul O'Grady and uh, Melon Sook, a brilliant short pithy monologues, John would not shut up. People were taking bets on just how long he'd talk for. Lots of people walked out, went for a cigarette, made a phone call, did some decorating, got the car washed, usual sort of thing, came back and he was still there, proudly supported by his mad cap and incredibly dense wife, Sally, his diatribe lasted 19 minutes. Sally, apparently, thought he was fab. I'm fantastically proud of my husband who gave a great speech. Boring, 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 I'm afraid. Well, at least he had one person who was interested. The rest of the room couldn't have given a forex. Even in Bedfont says, like you, I had four stents inserted in 2003 at the Hammersmith Hospital. I encountered similar chest pains in 2009, and they did another four stents, so he's now got eight and they said they should see me off the planet. You should uh, be having an annual hospital check. It takes about 20 minutes to confirm that your stents are still operating as they should. No, I've not been back at all. Not been back at all. Chest pains could be a sign that another part of the artery is beginning to collapse. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's fits and starts. It's fits and starts. It's not, it's not bad every day. It's not to that stage where I have to sort of uh, sit back. I can still keep uh, uh, walking. You know, I can, I can still manage to do things. Uh, somebody says, uh, not everybody who can't spell is stupid or thick. Are you aware Einstein is very bad at spelling? Well, he's not writing into me, is he? Is he writing into you? I thought he was thick. Do you understand anything he talked about? Theory of relativity? Hello, have you ever brought that up in conversation over a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken? No, I think not. I think not. Uh, 84850, steve at June says, if your mobile operator charges for text, don't text. Most mobiles have internet access. Go on the website and email. 
So much easier. So much easier. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Weaving in everything on the programme this morning. Poor old Richard's had a cold for ten days. He said, I've tried everything. Nothing works. Do you have any suggestions? Euthanasia? Can't think of anything off the top of it. Well, for a, the trouble is, if you've got a cold, you're kind of stuck with it. I, I tended to find... Uh, I use, though, that Benelin day and night tablet. You can't get them anymore, but that was the best thing for me. A friend of mine tried... Oh, I can't remember what he tried now. But it, he, whatever it was, it cleared him up literally within within minutes, which I was very impressed with. I tend to find a sauna. I know it seems a little... You know, it must have a local council sauna. Sit there and sweat it out. Always uh, always does the trick. But having a cold... Oh, it's the most miserable thing ever, isn't it? Absolutely dreadful. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, <laughs> as usual, your delivery is perfect, says David. You said you were in the operating theatre, you had no pants on, the gown opened at the back, and the surgeon said, I thought I recognised your voice. Lovely, thank you. I was so embarrassed, I was so embarrassed, I thought, oh, please, please make it stop, please make it stop. Uh, the tests I had done, they injected me with what they called radioactive material, and uh, then I rode an exercise bike, then after an hour I had to have a, a gamma scan, that was Thursday before, then last Tuesday I had the same test without riding the bike. Then short of breath and get chest pains with it, says John. Well, there you go, that's... Uh, that's angina, I'm afraid. So you, you have to go and get it done. It's, it's, a, it's a straightforward procedure. They'll tell you to drink tea. Don't eat fatty foods. Don't smoke. That's what they tell you. Don't smoke. I thought, well, I don't smoke. Don't eat fatty foods. And by fatty foods, I mean don't eat fish and chips all the time. Don't eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. Don't eat pizzas. All fatty, all contributing to your arteries, just dripping with fat and closing up. Not so good. Uh, 84850. You see? Email free, says Ats in London, regarding the 10 or 12 pennies that's charged to 84850. If people worry about the charge, email. Yes, most people have got the uh, the email facility. There's a, a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger, the pasterminator, because he's eating pasta. Actually, who do we do? We had uh, yesterday. Apart from Daniel Radcliffe, it was... Uh, that's right, we did, we did Helen Ledger as well, but there was somebody... I'm told Britney Spears was in the building the other day. I can't tell you why she was in there. She didn't come in to see me. But she uh, she was in the building because some days we have people coming in and they, they and they keep it quiet. But my, my funniest one was Will Smith, who came in with his son. It's his son, Jaden. And he came in and uh, somebody said, you mustn't talk to him. I said, no. So I just stood inside just by the front door. So I must have looked as I was sort of part of part of the building. And as he came in, he shook my hand. Hi, nice to see you. I thought, kind of work for me, kind of work for me. I like Will Smith, actually. He's the new Prince of Bel-Air, isn't he? That, that, which must have been filmed ages and ages ago. Uh, Coronation Street star Michael Lavelle has created a Facebook page, but he's used a, uh, uh, a different alias. I won't tell you what it is. It's in the papers today. And a pet owner who died of a broken heart two months after his rescue dog was put down has left £365,000 to the RSPCA. Bachelor Kevin Johnson's aunt... Mafan Wigilliam, 90, said he never got over losing his German shepherd, Chelsea, who'd suffered a stroke. She said they bonded straight away. We're sure he died of a broken heart. He worked at a garden centre. He left his savings and the proceeds from the sale of his cottage. Oh, that's why it was 365,000 quid, <laughs> going to say. Works in a garden centre, but he left it to the RSPCA. Crikey. That's, uh, that's good money, isn't it? Very, very good money, I think. Uh, Gary Barlow. Why do they keep plugging Gary Barlow? He's sold out all over the place. He's only, you know, he's only got one more place to sell out, and that's the bingo. He's got the old, the old thing. I love Penman investigating in the Mirror today. 
and the ringleader of a gang so sick that they fleeced public bodies such as schools and hospitals. His name is uh, Monou uh, Ajibade, who ran a series of job ad frauds. He's gone to prison, actually, now. Piece of filth in the paper. And uh, stop talking, turn over your exam papers and answer questions. Are faithfuls, faith schools good for community cohesion? A question posed to a lot of people. Um, and um, there's some filthy dumpers here, the Environment Agency. Time to retire. This is a guy called Peter Pratt. This is a caravan park boss. He's 84. He's still managing to make life a misery for other people. He featured in the uh, in the paper when he was 79. And uh, he's not a very nice person, actually. He looks like not a very nice person, actually. He ref- Pratt by name, Pratt by nature, I suspect. Uh, and a sentimental bride as wed in a, an address worn by her grandmother and her mother. Because I always think it's a bit of a shame. When you, when you get married and you have a, a wedding dress, you wear it the once. And what do you do with the rest of that time? Do you sort of put it on, you know, 10 years into the marriage, 15 years into the marriage, and go, I really can't get it on anymore. It's just, I've just ballooned. You know, you don't get full value out of your wedding dresses. Me and a, a, an old producer of mine, a guy called Alex Madavi, we, we went online once to see how cheap we could buy a, a wedding dress for. And we bought one on eBay for a pound. Cost more to send the blooming thing, but it arrived. And for years, it's stuck in our cupboard. We should look at it. We looked at this wedding dress. I don't know what we thought we were going to do with it. We just wanted to see how how cheap. I think there was a feature in the paper on how cheap it is to get married if you do everything yourself. Make your own sandwiches. You know, put a tent in the garden, something like that. Make your own booze or buy it from cash and carry. And and you could do it really cheaply. And then we thought, well, how much does the dress cost? Because that can be very expensive. People wear dresses. Look, was it one of the uh, the ghastly Eccleston girls whose wedding cost twelve million pounds? What an obscenity. If you've got it, fine, but don't flaunt it to people. It's, you know, there's people dying in the world because they can't afford to put food in their mouth and this extravagant, sentimental old gush of £12 million just made me feel physically ill, I'm afraid. Mind you, I feel physically ill every time I see these people on the television. Uh, it's LBC 97.3 at Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Time now, 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 27 minutes to 6. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast show today. So all the kids are going, oh, really exciting. The teacher, the kids, kids I shouldn't imagine, could care less for parents getting the kids home uh, a day that they hadn't planned on. It must be a blooming nightmare, I should imagine. But, you know, why can't they just go on strike over the weekend? The answer is because they want to uh, upset people. I don't know why. I've always had a, you know, a good thing going with with teachers. But you know, to go on strike in the middle of term or something like that is just nothing short of stupid. So lots of people. I mean, of course, there will be not every teacher's going on strike, but there will be quite a number. So of course, if if your child is at a school and you've got just suppose you've got two children at two separate schools, you've got a slight problem on your hands, haven't you? Eight four eight five zero, Steve at LBC dot co dot uk. Uh, another one here. This is uh, from... Who's this from? Weave everything in. Uh, is it true about Sonia returning to EastEnders? Sadly, yes. Sadly, yes. Well, the life's been pretty cold for her outside. There hasn't really been much work. And so she's got to, it's got to go back. Uh, I've got a good deal, says Jeff, on my phone contract. Free mobile calls to other mobiles. 100 texts, 100 minutes to BT Lions, unlimited internet, all for eight quid a month. 100 minutes. I could do that in a day. 100 minutes, I've got limitless. I wouldn't have thought that was good value at all. £8 a month sounds rubbish for 100 minutes. Good Lord. I mean, do you not know anybody? Malcolm says, uh, uh, 
Sally Burke said on TV, their cat is called Order. So John feels it's easy to remember when he calls it in. Yes, order, order. Yeah, it's very good. Mind you, she's so dreary, isn't she? I mean, she's just she's just a bit sad and desperate, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm with you, says Graham, from Ryslip. I'm with O2. I get unlimited calls and texts, but LBC uh, don't accept free calls, so it costs me 8p. Worth every penny of it, though. Worth every penny. 8p, for goodness sake. Uh, another one here. We did our medieval wedding for less than £1,000, says Glynis. We hired costumes, went to the cash and carry for food and drink. Yeah, absolutely. You can do it cheaply. My uncle grieves me to tell you this, but I thought it was quite clever at the time. He bought uh, cameras for everybody, disposable cameras. We've actually done it before, and you, you can do it yourself. You go out if, if you go on onto Amazon or any one of these these sites, go onto Google. You can buy these cheap throwaway cameras in multi packs. You know they'll do them. We had them in gold for one thing and silver another. Anyway, my uncle bought loads of them. And uh, he gave them to people under strict instructions of what they were to take photographs of. So my dad had to take the entrance to the church and the bride arriving. And then somebody else was taking pictures inside. So there was about ten of these cameras distributed. So what he actually ended up with was a complete snapshot of the day. And then you gave the cameras back. They got them all printed up and then they were able to make their album. And so they had everything of them arriving. And it cost nothing. It just costs the cost of buying these cheap throwaway cameras. So I, I think it's it's actually brilliant. It's actually brilliant. Uh, another one here. Oh, there's a, a lovely picture on the front of one of the papers. Of a little boy, age two. His car, he was in his buggy. His car was crushed between the wall and a car, and he survived. Mind you, there was a kid on the bus the other day screaming its head off. Nothing worse is there. I think they sort of shove a lollipop in their mouth or something. Nothing worse. Kids have got such piercing screams. And it was all because he obviously wanted to uh, to get back in his buggy, and she said no. And there were two of them. God, it was dreadful. Absolutely awful. Uh, White Van Tony's out there. He says, how do you find Will Smith in the snow? Look for the fresh prince. OK, it's an old one, but it's it's really old. And that's about as far as it goes, I'm afraid. But at least you made an effort, I suppose, being a White Van man. Uh, 84850, uk. Um, Karen's going to be emailing. You can e- email from your iPhone, as you know, because what you're doing now. Always email. If it makes it easier, doesn't it? Email. There's a deadly fungus in the garden. First of all, we've got this Japanese knotweed. Have you seen that everywhere? That's vile. You have to make sure, if you're buying a new new property now, that they don't. They are not weed free Because this stuff can pop up through concrete. You've got to be very careful. It can, it can... Oh, God, you can lose your house over that thing. So be very, very careful. Very, very careful. Tap water's very expensive, says some man. So he now only drinks mineral water. He'd use his bottled water. I was offered years ago um, to have a... A water meter. And I said, no, I, d- I never understand why we have to pay so much for water anyway. It's given to us free by God. Somebody's nicked it and sold it to us. A bit like bottling air, I suppose. But anyway, Lee Beaumont asked for his main supply to be shut after realising it'd be cheaper to buy bottled water instead. And now he uses mineral water for washing, cleaning and even flushing the toilet for less than the cost of his previous monthly bill. Because you can go out, can't you, and you can buy big gallon containers of water in in uh, Poundland or Iceland for, you know, nothing, absolutely nothing. So he buys it in bulk from the supermarket, which is uh, more than enough for him. So, But, I mean, who wants blooming containers around all over the place? I like the idea of turning on a tap and water comes out of it. But he's decided he washes himself using baby wipes and bottled water. Every- yes, of course, I've just thought about it. How do you have a bath? Fill it up with bottled water? Oh, dear. Because, I mean, that's a bit ridiculous, because presumably he's got to heat up the water, which must cost him even more money now, because every time you want to do washing up or something like that, you've got to heat it up. And he goes to the gym to use the shower, or he goes to friends' houses. 
Well, I'm sorry, somebody that tight. I'm afraid to shut the door on him. Why should somebody come round and use your shower? You're paying for him to have a shower. What a selfish man. Lee Beaumont, where does he come from? Let's make sure he doesn't live around our way. But uh, he's also paid £10 plus that to set up a personal 0871 landline and now makes money every time he receives an unsolicited phone call. God, he's the tightest person I've ever met. He visits the dentist monthly and says he's been doing that. Uh, since he's been doing that, his teeth have improved since he started using mineral water. He also, he says, the dog gets fresh bottled water all day. In the morning I wake up and use baby wipes I bought in bulk to clean myself. In the evening I have a stripped-down wash. I take out free trials with Jim so I can use their showers or go to a friend's house. He's the tightest man in living memory, ladies and gentlemen. He's got a dog called Bella. Small wonder he's single. But uh, he did, uh, he says he only used one unit of water. But he got a bill for £16 because it was a £14 standing charge. So in the end, he said, cut off the supply, I'll use it myself. So what he's doing, this tight-fisted so-and-so, is going around everybody else's house using their blooming water and electricity. If he knocks on your door, shut it in his face. His name's Lee Beaumont. So he's saving money, but he's sponging off other people. Uh, here is, ah, this is this couple. I was seeing a couple on the television. I didn't know who they were. I did not know who they were. And this is uh, an elderly couple who trafficked a deaf and mute girl. And uh, this is evil businessman, Ilias Ashar, 84, and his wife, Talat. A vile pair. I thought she looked vile on the television. That's him there. He's on our television. He was on the uh, the news programme. I didn't know who he was. Ghastly man. Anyway, this, uh, this poor girl uh, arrived in. They trafficked her. His wife was cleared of a charge of assault, but he was convicted of 13 charges of rape. A pervert, ladies and gentlemen. This, uh, this, this girl trafficked in, forced to carry out all the menial chores. These, uh, these two trials spanned six months, and an investigation cost four million. Four million pounds. Good God, what a vile pair. What a vile pair. Absolutely dreadful. I wonder why. It was, I think that's in, it was in Manchester as well. Poor girl, honestly. She had nobody to turn to. But when she was shown a picture, that's the man. That's the man who had sex with me. 84. Disgusting. Disgusting. More pictures of this man who left all that money to, uh, to the RSPCA. £365,000. His best friend. You do hear of people, don't you, who, who become so attached to their dogs that they can't think of anything, you know, worse than losing their dogs. And do you remember the, uh, the Lone Ranger, Clayton Moore? Hi-ho, Silver, you know, that kind of stuff. His famous mask, even though we all knew it was him, we could see him, has just sold for £40,000 at auction. Well, they're hoping to get £40,000 because it's, a, it's a, a famous thing. I was saying to the, the producer earlier on, I said, you, sh- you should start collecting LBC memorabilia. You know, little bits and pieces. I said, because in years to come, it'll be worth money. It is, it's the antiques of the future. I think he was looking at me thinking I'm the antique of the future, but you know, I, I said, I've got loads of stuff at home. Loads of stuff. Uh, 84850. Poor Sally Burko, says Matt and the team. She has no concept of how she's perceived. Her husband's in a position of authority and influence, and she runs around half naked like she's a footballer's wag. Presumably, she's on the receiving end of all sorts of grace and favour, benefits and privileges. Yes, she gets the apartment, but uh, again, she went to the Attitude Awards and she's just a sad drunk, I'm afraid, at the end of the night. They go to the Dorchester for a nightcap. It's a bit embarrassing. The trouble is, she's so desperate to be somebody, but she's nobody. She's just the speaker's wife, the embarrassment that comes with it. And uh, she, you're right, she has no concept of how she's perceived. I mean, she's so... She, the trouble is, she's, she's another Kerry Katona. She's another idiot. Another buffoon, I'm afraid, that we have to put up with in the media. I don't know why. Uh, 84850... 
steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, another one here. Oh, this is a lovely story of a couple. It's a love story. I love a love story. I like, you know, we had the other day, we had Seal and Heidi Klum getting back together again, and that was that was nice. Producer and I are going to club together and send a card, you know, saying congratulations and going to happen to a nicer person. Yeah. And, and this is actually, they are back together. I don't know why, he's on a real downer with them, I don't know why. But this is a love story that began six years before the outbreak of World War II. Eighty years on, a couple who fell in love and moved in together in 1933 have decided to cement their relationship by getting married. Isn't that touching? This is Jose Manuel Riela, who's 103, vowed to give himself to Martina Lopez, his 99-year-old bride. There can't be much for him to give, can there? Let's face it, at 103. Uh, Dozens of their family uh, members were there. And uh, Mr Riella, who wore a smart dark suit and a light blue shirt, sat in his wheelchair and smiled at his wife, who wore a long white wedding dress. And uh, this is in Paraguay. An altar was constructed. They had... 50 grandchildren, 35 great-grandchildren and 20 great-great-grandchildren. But they never got married. They just lived together. And now they've decided to get, to get married. Isn't that amazing? He's lived, he, doesn't look, he, he doesn't even look as though he's compos mentis, to be honest with you. But at least they're still together. 103 and 99. The song for them at their wedding, it's impossible. 84850, steve at uk. How long do you wait, ladies, before you go out without makeup? Four weeks, apparently. You know, they, they do this big thing. Occasionally in the papers, they, they do a lame feature, which is, um, you know, here is so-and-so going out, you know, Mylene Class going out without makeup, or I was going to say Sally Burko, but I thought nobody would actually notice any difference, would they, really? Uh, to, people dare to go out. I don't know why. It's, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Men don't have that luxury. Men don't have the luxury of going out, you know, without combing their hair or something. Because I walked in, and I saw a friend of mine, he said, you've had your hair cut? I said, no, I've just used product in it. You know, make it look a bit more. And apparently it's not worked at all. It's quarter to six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Details coming up of a great exhibition at the British Museum. Really, really nice one. Really nice one. I just said to the producer just a second ago, I said, I said so what, what was your most recent purchase? A baguette maker and something to heat cheese up in. Have you heard of anything like it, ladies and gentlemen? A baguette maker. I said, what, do you make your own baguettes? He goes, yes. I thought, oh, dear. Another person determined to destroy the high street by not shopping locally and going out and buying baguettes. He bakes his own baguettes. It must cost an arm and a leg. You can go out and buy them for, like, 14p. You know, and he makes them £2.70 because at the time he sort of bought the ingredients and everything else. And he's got a thing that sort of that bakes camembert. Have you heard of such a pretension? I've never really liked it. He said, we'll be having that with a bottle of French wine tomorrow. I thought, oh, God, thank goodness I'm far away from him. Baking his own bread. Oh, dear. Actually, I think James O'Brien has got a bread maker. I think he has. I think so. Yeah, but yours is, you're you're just reheating somebody else's baguettes, aren't you? And, uh, oh, you're actually making your own. God, you're even sadder than I thought you were. You really are. Can you imagine going to somebody's house and they go, we baked our own bread. Oh, I'd be out the door so fast. We're down the low. Do you make your own Chinese food as well? And Asian food? Oh, you do? God, you really are determined to destroy the economy, aren't you? 84850, uk. There is this new exhibition uh, at the British Museum. Runs until March. My advice is, for what it's worth, join the British Museum, in the same way, join the V&A, join all of these places, because it's cheaper than actually having to queue and pay to go into the exhibition. So if you join the British Museum, which you could probably do online quite easily, uh, then you just walk into the exhibitions. 
You just walk in. And this one is called Beyond El Dorado, Power and Gold in Ancient Colombia. So it's Untold Riches, Cocaine and Bloodlust. And it's got all their... Uh, there's one here, it's a, a flask in the shape of a, a jaguar, not the car, the animal, complete with platinum nose ring. I love these exhibitions. I've been down to see a lot of the uh, the Roman Emperor exhibitions which they've had at the British Museum. I love going there anyway. It's a great museum. Not as good as the V&A, which isn't as good as the Museum of London, but they're all worth seeing, worth seeing. Nick Ferrari, it's Call Clegg today, Thursday. Call Clegg. I always like to think, Call Clegg, Country Life. Call Clegg, Country Life magazine. So uh, you can have a chat to him. You'll no doubt be talking about the schools closing, as indeed Nick will be, because uh, uh, tens of thousands of schools are closed. How many schools have we got, for goodness sake? Tens of thousands of schools out there will be closing. There'll be a lot of pupils happy. And there'll be a lot of pupils going, I wish, oh, please, people were on strike, but they're not. So you've got to go to school. You can't do anything, uh, can't do anything about it at all. There's a uh, very sad, uh, a soldier, 19 years old, and uh, he, uh, he took the, his friend's spot on an Afghan patrol. He died with five other colleagues. It was just one of those quirks of fate. Christopher Kershaw stepped up to the mark, volunteered to take the uh, the place of the driver of an armoured car who failed to turn up because he was taking a shower. And uh, so Christopher Kershaw, 19, stepped up and uh, a few minutes later, his uh, 40-ton warrior left its base. It was ripped apart by a roadside bomb, killing Private Kershaw and five comrades. Nobody Older. In fact, they're all in their 20s, except one, who was Sergeant Nigel Coop, who was 33. Flames reached 100 feet high, and they died. It was ab- it's absolutely tragic, absolutely tragic. Is uh, I think now the number of UK service personnel who've died in Afghanistan since 2001 is now 445. Every single one of them just tragically missed by their family and friends and loved ones. It's just absolutely awful. When you look at sort of 20-year-olds... And you think, you know, they just died because there was a, a tank fireball. It was something by the side of the road. They didn't know about it, and it just took their lives away. Awful. Uh, there's a, it's very interesting. There's a lady here who, who swore by Botox. Now, I know people who've had Botox done, and they keep, you have to keep having it done because I think it only lasts for about three months, and I was going to have it done just as an, ex- uh, as, as an, an experiment. And you know, I looked at Lulu on the television this morning. She was um, selling her time bomb cream and she's got most beautiful hands Lulu really lovely hands and I was thinking I use a face cream every day every day I use a moisturizer because I think London air is dirty and it's nice to just put something on because otherwise your skin goes very dry it's like smoking I was convinced yesterday I might be wrong watching Colleen Nolan that she smoked and the reason I think she smokes is when the camera did a close-up underneath her nose have a look at um Eamon Holmes's uh, woman you look at her. Now, she she definitely smokes. Whether she's stopped recently, I don't know. Because underneath the nose is where the skin becomes all, you know, wrinkly and everything else. And I looked at Colleen Nolan yesterday, and she became she all, was all wrinkly in all the wrong sort of places. And the, the reason she was wrinkly is because I think I've seen her with a cigarette. Whether she's stopped recently, I don't know. But the effects of smoking. So anyway, so this woman in the paper uh, is 60, and she decided to have Botox. Now, it's great. You know, but it's it's no great fixer. In the end, you're still somebody dying in the middle. And anyway, two years on, she said she stopped taking Botox. She said, I've decided to learn to love my wrinkles. And I thought, but that's what gives people personality, isn't it? Those, you know, if, if you look at somebody, their, their, their face, you're supposed to have wrinkles. You're not supposed to, you know, be sort of so smooth. It looks very pretty, I'm sure, on some people. 
but uh, but definitely not for me. Definitely not for me. I thought about it, and then I thought, do I really want somebody injecting poison into my face so it freezes? No. Brian at Twickenham Station, he knows about these things, says, how about the new T-Fell toaster? It not only makes toast, but you can also cook beans and eggs at the same time. Brian, diabetic, shouldn't be having toast. It is delicious, though, isn't it? Beans on toast. Or even better, Brian, beans on fried bread. (laughs) I haven't had fried bread for, oh, I can't tell you how many years. It would be the kind of thing I'd have, but I'd probably be violently ill afterwards. But it would be worth it. It would be worth it to suffer. I bet you're now sitting there thinking, Brian, where's there a greasy spoon in Twickenham that you can get toast? Or failing that, you can get get fried bread with some beans on top. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? With an egg. An egg on top of the beans or some cheese on top. Oh, fried bread. I might have to treat myself today, but I don't think I've even got any oil in. I just don't get... Would it be better if you did it in well, that, that sort of posh Italian oil, which they drizzle over salads? Or do you have to get special oil for sort of, you know, put it... You being the home bread maker next door, I suppose you're sort of the expert, the nearest thing I've got to somebody who knows what they're talking about. You know, Ponzi, isn't it, really? Sort of, I'm grilling my, my camembert. <laughs> That's like a line from a carry-on film. Oh, sorry, baking your camembert. Oh, do beg your pardon. What do, you, what do you want to bake cheese for? That is just so... For, sorry? Because it melts. Why don't you just, you know, why don't you just have something that's melted to start with? Why would you want to buy cheese and have it melting? It seems a bit pointless, doesn't it? It's so pretentious. Oh, it's working class, is it? Uh, uh, certainly sounds like it. Or you sort of... Because you're in Dollis Hill now... You kind of feel that you're really important, and so is that, is that what people around your road have? Do, do, do people invite you around for a cheese and wine party? You know, some nibbles, and, and you a port as well, and you sort of go, "I baked my own bread," and they go, "Did you really?" You can see the look of disinterest already, can't you? Eight four eight five O Stephen LBC dot co dot uk. Apparently, fewer die in Afghanistan than die on the road. Says Anne. I don't think that kind of is the point, is it, really? It's the fact that they're going out there. I know they're doing a job, and I know that the risk is that they can lose their lives. But it's when it's something like that, when, you know, there's an explosion and the flames are 100 feet in the air. I mean, you, you can only imagine how, how dreadful it must have been. At least you can hope, can't you? You hope beyond hope that they didn't actually suffer, they didn't, you know, have any pain or anything else. Uh, here's ridiculous Sally Burko again. Uh, out on the town, quite clearly a bit worse for wear. An idiot flashing her underwear. She's a bit stupid, really. She learns nothing, does she? You know, the word idiot is stamped all over this poor woman's face. She's out and she's, she's got a tattoo. And it's all just a bit sad and pathetic, really. You know, watching people desperately clutching at straws, trying to sort of retain some sort of image. Uh, there's the ex-police chief in the paper today facing this probe for acting on behalf of Jimmy Savile. The trouble is now, every time you see Jimmy Savile with a big cigar in his hand, giving the thumbs up, you kind of feel somewhat queasy, don't you? Uh, Benefit slobs, give us a bad name, says the mum of nine who gets 38 grand a year in handouts and wants a bigger council house. And uh, here they are, the Prudhams. And uh, she's demanding a bigger council house and has accused benefit slobs of giving big families a bad name. Cheryl Prudham and husband Robert rake in the equivalent of an £80,000 salary of which 70% comes from benefits and tax credits and the rest from their part-time work. But despite pocketing the huge sum, the couple claim it's cruel to keep them like animals in a three-bedroom property. Well, get out of your bum and get out there and do a proper job and buy it for yourself. Spongers like you, we don't want. We don't want. The local uh, UKIP councillor, Mike Baldock, says, I've sympathy with the children. It's not their fault, but we can't keep spending taxpayers' money on parents who don't act responsibly. Oh, they're a waste of space, aren't they? All they do is they have children. They can afford to pay for their tattoos, but they can't afford to pay for their house. They expect us to give it to them. 
Like, all these people, I would love to take them in an aeroplane and drop them in Afghanistan or something like that and say, go to the local um, people and say, you know, so, so what about your, uh, you know, housing benefit over here? Is there any? Soon get short, sharp shock on that one. Uh, Abby Clancy in the paper today wearing another one of those dresses, the look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm so desperately sad and lonely that I need people to look at me. And uh, poor old Corrie star Natalie, who's also appearing in the dancing programme, has got really bad back pain. Although she is actually very good. Uh, Sue says, Colleen Nolan does smoke. She tried to give up once but started again and she looks weak. Uh, and uh, I've seen bread being made at the Hovis Bakery. You could call me a Hovis witness. Lovely. It's the best we're going to get this morning, I'm afraid. We're not going to get any better, are we? I think it has to be the news at six o'clock with Eleanor, which comes up in a matter of seconds on LBC 97.3. On FM, online, on your mobile, and on digital radio. This is LBC. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Somebody said I, I, I occasionally make a sort of healthy fried bread by spreading both sides of bread with Benicol or Flora. Others are available. And pop it in the toaster. I wouldn't advocate putting any liquid in a toaster at all. I mean, the thing could blow up, couldn't it? Or is this a flatbed toaster? I used to have a flat toaster. You know, where you sort of put the thing in the front. So, I think it's a grill. It's not a toaster at all, is it? It's a grill. And in fact, before we had toasters, you used to put things under the grill. And then they'd start burning. you go, quit burning, burning. And rush around all over the place. Uh, but, uh, no, fried, fried bread sounds quite appealing. It's not good for diabetics or anybody who's on a diet or anything like that. But it just, this morning in particular... It sounds very, very appealing. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Nice to have your uh, company. How was Nick Ferrari's speech at the LBC party? Was it hilarious? It was very good, actually. It was very, very good. Very good. Boris got heckled. But there again, that you, you would expect that. I think I mentioned that a couple of days ago. That was, that was quite funny as well. And the Nick Clegg bit is up on the LBC website. And uh, Nick Clegg is in today with Nick Ferrari and the team. He'll be in about nine o'clock, so he'll be taking your call. And the thousands of schools. I bet we're going to have calls from all sorts of parents going, I don't really want the kids at home today. But, of course, if, if you have two children and uh, one of the schools is not on strike, you've got one child going to school and one child not going to school. I'll just be glad to see empty trains, because they're sports bags now. I've said before, absolutely huge. These poor little kids appeal on, uh, appear on the trains with bags that are bigger than themselves. Um, fresh leads in the hunt for Madeleine McCann were being followed by Scotland Yards. This is now they've got appeals in Holland and Germany. You were a little bit lacklustre about this one the other day. I was quite surprised. I saw it, even though uh, people just bit my tongue. People were interested in uh, in the Madeleine McCann story. I think you're getting a, a bit bored with seeing people on the television talking about it all the time. Six years on, do you know a can of spam is opened every four seconds? Now, I like spam. Spam fritters, particularly nice, and beef burgers in, in batter are particularly good. Really bad for you, I'm afraid. This is taken from a, a new book. Uh, it's called Numberland. Actually, I think I've got it. I've got it, haven't I? I think I've got Numberland uh, by Mitchell Simmons. Uh, 10,000, a number. Ju- so just take a number, 10,000. It costs 10,000 times more to produce a litre of bottled water than a litre of tap water. How about the number 10? This is a very interesting one. Ten is the number of days a person can go without sleep before dying. A person will die from total lack of sleep sooner 
than from starvation. Did you know that? Ten days. Let's start today with you, producer, keeping you awake, shall we? For ten days. And uh, oh, you'll love this one. This, this one's very apropos for anybody in broadcasting. 700 is the number we should be wary of, because wearing headphones for an hour increases the bacteria in your ears 700 times. Oh, Lord. We used to have a company that used to come round called Phonitas. And they would go round. It was a little lady. She used to wear... She looked like one of the Norland nurses, the, the nannies. And she came round and she disinfected phones. Because that's where you pick up... So, I mean, I don't use the, the work phones. Not for any reason. I think everybody's got, um, you know, ear infections. But that's how you can pick up more infections. Headphones, exactly the same way. I mean, if, if, you, if I take these headphones off here and I took the, um, the little plastic bits off the side... I should imagine they're absolutely filthy because everybody wears them. People wear headphones and these sets of headphones around here. That's why some, some presenters carry their own headphones. They actually, you know, take them and they, and they plug them in. But you could pick up all sorts of bacteria. But the telephone woman used to come around and she would put a little thing on your telephone going, I've cleaned your telephone, Noreen or whatever her name was at the time. And then she'd leave you a little, a little um, paper thing which you'd rip it open. Like one of those things they give you in Kentucky Fried Chicken to wipe your hands of all the grease that comes off the chicken. Sim- similar kind of thing. Mary puts frozen garlic bread in the toaster. Do you really? Good Lord. Must have a very odd toaster. I had a toaster that did do frozen bread but certainly nothing on it. Unless you put it in a bag. You can buy a bag, can't you? A little, it's called a toasty bag. And then you, you put stuff in there. Let's pick another number, shall we? Um, um, this is number five. Number five. An adult lion's roar is so loud it can be heard up to five miles away. Nine. The number of litres of water an elephant's trunk can hold. Sixteen million. There's a number for you. Sixteen million. The number of animals that assisted the armed forces during the First World War. 34, good number, which is the uh, the oldest age a cat has ever reached. And 40, you can tell the sex of a horse by its teeth. Most males have 40, females 36. It's a great book, isn't it? So it's called Numberland by Mitchell Simmons, who's uh, produced lots of, of these sort of books. If you smoke 20 cigarettes a day, two... Two is the number of teeth lost on average every ten years by a person who smokes. So your teeth just kind of drop out. And uh, 55, the percentage of British workers who say they never take a lunch break. I don't know, people People don't take lunch breaks anymore, do they? People don't actually leave their desks. People actually eat at their, their, their desks nowadays. People do what they call a working lunch. 84850, steve at uk. Uh, more on this uh, this wedding dress and uh, Joan Collins. She has a new book out, Joan Collins. And it's a, it's a bit of a weighty tome. It's called Passion for Life. And it's got... Uh, it's actually a really good book. It's a really good book, actually. I just realised it's got lots of pictures of, of Joan, early pictures of Joan, her childhood with her sister. My God, she's glamorous. She really is. I've met Joan Collins on a few occasions and it's got pictures of her with the with the children. Uh, pictures of her with lots of famous people, Julian Clary, and uh, she was playing poker. Amazing, really, actually, but a uh, really super book. And, of course, with her friends, and her friends included uh, Elizabeth Taylor, people like that, you know, lots of famous people. Jan and Johnny Gold, of course, uh, very famous people. Sue and uh, Dixon Johns, Arlene Dahl and Mark Rosen, Christopher Biggins, 
Nikki Haskell, Christopher Biggins, she talk, She says, Christopher Biggins probably has more friends than Nigella Lawson has had to dinners, but he is without doubt one of the greatest life enhancers. Yes, I mean, I would absolutely agree. I mean, I've sat at dinner with Biggins and he starts laughing and it's totally infectious. You just can't help yourself. You really can't. Uh, she's got lots of friends, actually. Tessa Kennedy is an interior designer. Uh, there's lots of barons and baronesses. I'm trying to find somebody. Betsy Bloomingdale, the Fennels, Theo and Louise. She's got... Oh, and the Delavines. Oh, it's not the ones who've got that daughter, is it? Oh, God, I couldn't cope with that. And Ivan Massow as well. Ivan Massow used to be on the television all the time. But you don't see him, but it's, it's Biggins who is the one who makes her laugh. She is... Uh, She's, uh, she's quite interesting. And, of course, the one person, Nolan Miller. He was the dress designer, wasn't he? He did a lot of dresses. So Joan Collins, A Passion for Life. It's a good book, actually. Very nice little book. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, time now, coming up to 14 minutes. Apparently, you need to use beef dripping collected from your weekly joint, fry the bacon in it to flavour it, then make the fried bread. Yeah, the trouble is I'm kind of going off the fried bread idea now. It'll last with me for about half an hour on the programme, and once I've got it out of my system, I'm fine. Steve, in keeping with the baking stories, they all laughed when I wore... When I wore... You like this one, OK? Try not to see this joke coming. They all laughed when I wore one puff pastry boot, but now the shoe's on the other foot. The, the, the shoe... shoe see, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes we have to ask you for a bit of, bit of help and guidance on this programme, but sometimes we don't bother. Today's a day I don't think we'll bother. Just get your brolly ready. I forgot to bring you the weather, so I shall bring you the weather very, very shortly on uh, LBC, just in case. No, in fact, I'll, I'll tell you now. I'll tell you now? No, I'll save it. I'll save it. Just, not that it's going to be that exciting, but today I think you might need a brolly again. Storms, they tell me, could be battering the Great Britain that we know and love so well. 14 minutes past six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 6.20 is the time. Nick Ferrari, our team this morning. It's called Clegg. It's Thursday. Talking of being stopped by the, uh, the police. And uh, Howard says, I was stopped by the police on Monday. I had a personal search carried out by WPC. I went back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and twice on Friday. That's the old gag, isn't it? That is the old gag about the two. It's, I can't do it this morning because it's too... It's, it's probably considered too... It's not rude at all. It's not rude at all, but it's, it's a, it was a warning issued on the internet of a man who pulled into a supermarket. I'll tell you it anyway. And uh, he says, you've got to be aware of this scam. He said there were two girls and they, they were washing cars... And uh, he said, they then sort of came up and said to me, look, could you give us a lift onto this other supermarket? He said, so I did. He said, when I got in the car, he said, they took off all their, their clothes. He said, and they, uh, and I think they actually took his, his wallet and everything else. He just wanted to people to be aware of this scam. He said, I was caught on Monday, Tuesday, three times on Thursday and on the Saturday. <laughs> Always makes me smile. Because the funny thing is, it just sounds so true, doesn't it? It sounds so true. Anyway, front page of the paper is coming in uh, in one second. Uh, Barbara is uh, is in Barbados. There's a nice place to be at the moment, Barbados. I was dreaming of that yesterday. I was talking to one of my girls in Marks and Spencer's, saying, you know, here we are sitting on the beach, and the rain was lashing down outside. It was terrible. Anyway, she says, uh, I've come with the girls, and they're all loving the in-conversations and the shows on the podcast, which is lovely. She says, P.S. Ruth Langsford is a smoker, and is very lined. I know I keep saying it, but the trouble is, if you're a smoker, it's, it's difficult. It shows more on women than on men. 
And I don't know why that is. I can't, I can't remember. There's, there's a reason. Uh, 84850. And uh, Charlie's off to the Christmas markets, hopefully. Like Christmas markets. We love Christmas markets. Very good indeed. Uh, 84850. If you uh, want to clear your arteries, drink a cup of hot water with half a lemon and some honey to sweeten, followed by porridge, and your arteries will be clear. Do you know I used to drink lemon juice in water every morning? When I was in Austria, that was, as opposed to a cup of coffee, I'd have a cup of coffee, which was very nice tasting coffee, and it would be, uh, I'd have it black, which was good, but I would always have hot lemon. So lemon juice, you could buy a little pot of lemon juice, not that squeezy lemon, but proper lemons. I would buy a lemon... uh, from Paul, bring it in here, and then I would cut it, squeeze it in with a bit of honey and hot lemon in the morning. Really good for you. Really, really good for you. So, uh, so thank you for that very much indeed. I can, I can recommend it. I recommend it to, uh, to anybody who's thinking about uh, trying to make themselves a little bit better as we head into, uh, as we head into, uh, into the winter, and it's going to be very cold. Uh, Steve, the guests on Jeremy Carl must be very heavy smokers, judging by the number of teeth that they've got between them. I know, if you manage to find anybody with a full set, it's a miracle, isn't it, on that programme? Uh, so, Doris Watkins, still listening in Battersea. Nadine's getting to the end of her shift. They've both got another 35 minutes to go. Policing Twickenham. I bet they're back at the station now, sitting there with a cup of tea, feet up. Very nice. Express this morning, get your brolly ready, the storms are back in. Uh, Abby... Titmus, not Abby Titmus, Abby Clancy, I don't know, I thought Abby Titmus, um, could be given a, a bit of a lift because they've got injuries in the programme. She was out the other night, troweled in makeup, and uh, I don't really know what she's famous for. Is she famous for just being famous? She's a model. Oh, right, that's it now. You're famous if you're a model, are you? Oh, right. Okay, UK's top model. Oh, X top model. Oh, X top model. That's not so good. Oh, the next top model. All right. What is the next top model? Is that a programme? Something like that. What do you know? Just bake baguettes, don't you? Front of the uh, the mail today. It's a picture of the ridiculously silly Sally Burko. Little Miss Show Off again. Uh, doctors shouldn't blame patients for being fat. Apparently, the NHS guidance has urged GPs to be more sensitive when dealing with obese patients using a respectful and non judgmental tone. Pfft, you're fat. All right? Stop eating the fat stuff, the cakes. I know we like it. You have to accept the fact. And I'm sorry to, to bring this to you on a Thursday morning, but there are some people who can eat anything. Curries, fr- uh, fried foods, cakes, bread, toast, thick butter, peanut butter, everything like that, and they don't put on an ounce. They put on no weight at all. And there are some people, like you and I, who only have to look at a cream case, a cake, in uh, the window of Patisserie Valerie, and you just put on the pounds. You can feel yourself getting fatter, can't you? You can feel the, you know, the tightness of those elasticated waists that we're so used to enjoying, getting tighter and tighter and tighter. But some people are just very lucky. They can eat anything, and they don't put on the weight. Uh, the mirror today, clear off. She turns 16 at midnight. Who could that come from? None other than Jimmy Savile who told a police officer to go. He said, I'm waiting for midnight. He had her in the back of the car. said, I'm waiting till midnight till she turns 16. The trouble is, if it, if it wasn't so sad, it would be, you know, pardonable. But it's, it's so tragically sad, I'm afraid. Uh, the Sun this morning. Roy in Andros Money Gaff. Roy. England boss Roy Hodgson made a race gaff when he used the term feed the monkey during his half-time team talk against Poland on Wednesday. And uh, he apologised last night. A bit late, isn't it, really? And uh, lonely X-Factor judge Nicole Scherzinger had a secret seven-and-a-half-hour hotel hookup with Lewis Hamilton. 
So are they back on again? Are we sort of saying that that's another relationship that's back on again? Um, on the front page of The Independent, uh, Wayne Rooney, it's time I delivered on the greatest stage. Can't ever imagine him using words like that, can you, really? And the first UK death in Afghanistan for six months, which is the, the troop carrier that was blown up. Five young people lost their lives. Also, tax on Wonga, payday lenders to face... Higher taxes under Labour, money raised would be used to fund rival credit unions with lower rates. And a picture on the front of the Times this morning of the Duchess of Cornwall being met by the very Reverend Dr John Hall, Dean of Westminster, at a Harvest Festival. And again, the city unfit to look after our pensions, says uh, Charles. This is the Prince of Wales. He's accused the £2 trillion pensions industry of failing the interests of millions of savers. Plus, watch your language. When you're dealing with fat people, uh, the NHS have said, try and be sensitive. Must be very difficult if you're a doctor looking at somebody who's clinically obese standing next to you and you'd be hard pushed not to say, I'm sorry, but you are vastly overweight, I'm afraid. Uh, Daily Telegraph, the Duchess celebrating the harvest. Here's Camilla. She used to smoke, I believe, at one point. Children in nursery care risk emotional problems. And, um, and that's the children who spend time in nurseries or with childminders are more likely to develop behavioural problems such as hyperactivity. Uh, academics at Oxford University discovered that exposure to some forms of early education contributed to bad behaviour and could be linked to emotional problems. Uh, reforms have left the army in chaos, hostile recruiting environment, putting off new soldiers, claims a leaked document, and uh, shares surging as the US nears its debt deal. That's it for this morning. I thank you for your company, very much indeed. Had a very good programme. You can download the podcast by going to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. That's from as little as £2 a month. Regulars will explain to you if you go to any of the forums that explain just how easy it is. Everybody knows from Noreen to Paul in Manchesterford and all sites north of the North Pole or Watford depending on which is closest. Uh, We're back with you tomorrow morning. We have a free podcast up for you as well, which will be there in about 30 minutes' time, where we gently poke fun at a few overweight celebrities. All of that and more with Steve Allen, Monday to Friday, and in conversation on Sunday. And it's a cracker this week. We'll have some clips on the programme tomorrow. Nick and the team and call Clegg after seven. The morning news next with Lisa Aziz.